up and I stay down with the same gang every day now. When the thing changed, but the way out is the layout, nigga. Big M's, nigga. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put the lights down, turn the bass up. One time for the pay cuts. And the price guy just squeeze the life out of shit. They try to break us. What's all the fussing about? We grew up with nothing, my nigga. We still here. That fake shit, we cutting it out. Money come, make sure the crew got their fair share. Welcome. People to another episode, our, our fourth episode of Food for the Culture, um, the show we would talk about uh, interesting topics that are uh, socially uh, relevant, including things in current events, pop culture, and of course, dating. I am your host, Big Mike, aka the Savant Lame Levant. As you can see, we got uh, Banks, who's in the building today. I don't know where he's, what location he's at today, but he's in the building today. So, what's up, Banks? <laughs> What up? What up? Are, are are you actually home? Or are you on a slave tour? Still work. Okay, and then we got uh still wait. Josh, of course the uh the tech guru over there, Mr. Josh Waring. How you doing, Josh? Hi, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, y'all can't hear it. Excellent. There we go. I can hear that. I heard that. <laughs> yeah, I can hear the song at all. Um, let's get right into it, guys. Let's, uh, you know, been, uh, since last week and a lot of things have happened. So let's just go ahead and do that. And uh, we got some topics for you. I guess we want to talk about, uh, first and foremost, Kanye West. He drops out and then I guess back into the presidential race. Did y'all see that? Stuff? Birthday. It's your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, Ch- Chance the Rapper, who got backlash because of supporting him. I don't know if you saw that, uh, John. I I didn't see what they were saying, but I heard about it. Yeah, yeah. So what is he that? still running or not? Like, where, where are we at with this whole thing? I mean, apparently they said he dropped out, but then today they said he started another party, which is okay. AKA the birthday. Party. That's what it's so called. The birthday party. He dropped out. Yeah, he dropped out but joined and created another party. And I know he had funding for it, so I don't know what he's planning on doing, but he did something different today. So it's always tomorrow, so you never know with Kanye. I guess it's an ever-flowing situation um, with him and his... That's Walt Disney right there, man. Yeah, yeah, I guess you just never know. Um, (laughs) what, What do you think about that, Josh? Him in and out and stuff like that. I mean... I'll uh, piggyback on what I said last week. I still don't think he's a worse choice than Trump, personally. I agree with that. <laughs> 100%. I don't know if that means he's the best choice, but he's definitely not a worse choice than Trump. So, yeah. And that's fair. Yeah. Trump, who may even have dementia. So, yeah. you know, this is another. Who, uh, know. Trump? Yeah. yeah. Situation. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are just getting caught up. I mean, don't get me wrong. Kanye is Kanye, and he's, he has a with his antics what he does, uh, what how unfiltered he is. But you know, if there's any side of what many would call the old Kanye, or if there's any side of his parents that are still in him, then I honestly do think Kanye is definitely a better choice especially in comparison to Trump and a lot of other candidates that have been out there on the forefront who basically, you know, do whatever they can to get your vote. And then when they're in office, they don't necessarily do 
what uh, they promised. And with Kanye, I feel like with him, the minute you go against him or say something that um, he doesn't like or he feels like you're against him, it might he might be more inclined to actually listen because he doesn't like that negative energy. That's true. I, I if you look at his pe- if you look at his behaviors in the past, like when people complain about uh, what he said or um, his outbursts, anytime there's like a large amount of people that um, I guess get into Kanye's circle, he manages to either change what he states or he just doesn't say anything anymore. Yeah, he's better at that than Trump. Trump will kind of you know uh, stand pat. And try to like defend himself more, stuff like that. So, right, which, which is what makes him, you know, not good for the job. He's too emo- he's too emotional, Trump. And, you know, that's what I always say about him. Petty, yeah, Petty Pendergrass. Speaking too. of him, <laughs> Josh, you, you you were saying earlier um, about him now wearing masks, and you were saying it's kind of giving a showing his mismanagement, stuff like that. Oh yeah, we c- we can get into that, but before that. We also have to talk about the District of Columbia and specifically their football team. Yes, I'm sorry. The name. Yeah, here's going to be the Washington Warriors now, which you have, which is nice. Uh, I didn't even know they changed the symbol. That's what they changed it to? Yeah, Washington Warriors. What? I mean, the the symbol looks the same to me. That is so... I mean, the name is fine, I think. Isn't that still considered racist? I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Isn't that still that's still racist though, right? A spearhead with a feather at the end of it. Well, all right, perhaps, maybe you would have to ask things for one. Feather. But at the same time, if this is actual archaeological things that they used, and it's essentially giving. It's a giving for me. I see. I see it as giving credit to them being there first. So I always thought it was going to be Native American themes. So I feel like this is probably the most respectful way to do it, considering what it was before, which was a, a racial slur. I think that's what the issue was. You're right. It was a slur. It wasn't the fact of uh, them having representation. It was a slur that bothered more of the younger people, though. You know, they, they did a study like ten years ago. And older generations, you know, they weren't as mad, oddly, than the younger generations. But I guess, you know, us generations and under us, I guess we're more frustrated sometimes than people older than us. It's interesting that way. By the way, there was an alternate uh, idea for a a mascot. I don't know if you guys saw this, but I thought this is quite interesting, especially since it segues to our next topic. <laughs> Look at the Karen. Speaking of the Karens, we do want to talk about the Karen apocalypse. <laughs> Actually, yeah, it, it's getting outrageous. <laughs> you would think it would calm down, right? But it's going right. Anywhere. But this is what happens now, guys. She got the gun on me. He got the gun with the car. Call him. I'm telling you, grip it. Get the license plate. Get the license plate. Get, get the license plate now. Because you were never about to hit me with the damn car. You, you about to hit me with the car? You fucking oh, don't be up on the on me, okay? Call Richard back up to the police. 
Come on, Rachel, back up here now. I got it. Don't you fucking jump behind me. No, no, you ain't jumping on your girl. You're fucking crazy thing with that is that could have went to left field. Especially yeah, when she started did it did the scream. And when, when, anytime you hear a white woman do, do the scream and the little shake, you know, you never you don't know what's gonna happen at the end of that. So I'm so it's, it's a good thing that she didn't shoot. Because I for a second there I thought she was gonna pull that trigger. I definitely would have dipped when she pulled the gun out. <laughs> like only because I didn't want her to slip and shoot me or nothing like that either. But um, but looked like she had some training the way she's holding the gun. She, she was pretty. Yeah, um, it looked like uh, the safety was on personally. Yeah, that too. But like, I don't know if she's I don't know if she had formal training or not. Like she definitely has been holding a gun before. But I mean, it's still a crazy situation, especially because there was a kid out there. Um, at that, I don't know all the details and whatnot, but still to pull a gun on a mother and her kid is ridiculous. I feel like for a traffic infraction. Yeah, exactly. But it sounded like they were the cause of the infraction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Them crisis, oh. man. Chrysler's. was <laughs> hilarious. And then we um, have another incident from uh, a lady at the gym. Do you guys remember this? I wish I knew all the details of that one. To be honest with you. So, not that I'm defending her. I guarantee, I guarantee it's something either about a billing issue or <laughs> leaving the gym. I, I guarantee the way she overreacted, most likely it's either about a billing issue, a fee, or her having to leave or something. Between one of those three, I guarantee it's one, uh, guarantee someone with billing though. That's how people usually tend to react. Especially at Planet Fitness, because of a fee or an overcharge, or she wanted to cancel her membership because nothing was working for her, and they didn't want to do it because of the stipulations that they do that they have. Guarantee with something like that, because that's how people react in general. Maybe not like throwing stuff, but when they say, "Oh, we can't cancel your membership," they go crazy. She had the she had that look in her eyes. Yeah, I know, I know those membership fees they come they, they pop out of nowhere sometimes. Who forget about them? So it could have been that, but them annuals, yeah, yeah, annuals, yeah, the annuals. Come on, mind you, I'll be so mad, like you know, I'm out of time. But uh, either way, you don't react like that in an establishment. And at one, the one clip you, you didn't have it, Josh, but she came in my man's face to work behind the counter. I would have chipped him because he was looking. And, too close and to me. she said, "I'm going to kill you." Right. So <laughs> she definitely would have caught a, a, a nice two piece and a biscuit. <laughs> 
Don't be all over my face like that in my place of work and whatnot. However, I feel like his coworkers, like, like they, they ain't trying to grab her or nothing like that at least. Like, I feel like they was a little, you know, not well, helping. Because she's a Karen. Like that in terms of liability, she says she was pregnant. Oh, well, I guess. And whatnot. But she could have chipped him. They would have stood there and watched, it seemed like. so. <laughs> Basically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. But those are the Karens that we have to deal with on an everyday basis that seems to not be going away, only getting more and more. And um, moving on, let's talk about Shannon Sharp and what he talked about the other day. And we got a video, and I'll follow up with a, a discussion about that. When George Floyd lost his life, when uh, uh, Marbury, uh, uh, Aubrey, mm-hmm. died in Brunswick, mm-hmm. nobody was mentioning what the Jewish community may or may not have had, what they own or may not have owned. Nobody mentioned that. No. Nope. The fact was, like, let's get justice. Let's get economic equality. Let's get away with, let's get a move away from systemic and institutional racism. Nobody mentioned the Jewish community. Now the Jewish community comes up and we got, now nobody's talking about Black Lives Matter. Now we got Will, Will Smith and Jada. Jada talk about some entanglement. Now we got T.I. and 50 arguing about who the king of rap. Yeah. I don't give a damn about any of that. Good for you. Let's keep focused. Mm-hmm. Let's, Let's stay on track. Mm-hmm. We arguing and talking about things that don't matter. Mm-hmm. Not how right that, now. How does that get us closer to what we want? All these people ain't protesting about uh, uh, protesting about no entanglement. No. Nope. They weren't walking those streets of streets of talking about who's the best rapper of all time. People don't care about that. <sighs> Can we stay focused? They're hoping that we lose track, or that we get sidetracked. And we fell right into it. Now we're talking about what the Jewish community said that I don't care to stop this. Cause that was never what this was about. Let's stay focused. I'm glad the Eagles handled it in the way they did. They should have been outraged because if someone says something about my community, I get equally outraged. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad the Eagles handled it with, the way they did. I'm glad Deshaun has uh, apologized. I believe his apology is sincere. I'm glad Julian Edelman reached out and said, bro, let's go. You, we, I'll, I'll take you to the Holocaust Museum. Let's go to the Black History Museum and let's go share the, and talk and have very uncomfortable conversations. I'm glad D-Jack Webb, a 94-year-old guy that I think he was a survivor of the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. So, Skip, I'm glad all, it was over Zoom. So I'm glad all this transpired. Yep. I'm not surprised that the Eagles handled it this way for the simple fact the precedent had already been established. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting, guys. And I wanted to uh, dive into, uh, and we'll get to the part about the um, the uh, what Deshaun Jackson said, but more about the part about what he said about the whole Jada and Will, T.I. and 50, and kind of are we losing energy in the movement that we had just a month and a half ago and being distracted by other things is my question. I mean, definitely. To me, it's the irony of what Shannon does for a living is to create the distraction. I definitely agree with that. I was getting to that, too, actually. But I agree with that as well. Um, What do you think, John? I I didn't. I mean, I like that. I like his outbursts. But just to add on to Josh's point, I really it just didn't make sense to me because, you know, that's what they are paid to do. And I feel like his argument, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I just didn't feel like 
it was warranted based off of what they're doing. Like, are they advocating for Black, Black Lives Matter and uh, what, what they're protesting about? Are, are they are they positioning uh, the things that they're fighting for on a day to day basis on their show? Uh, I don't I don't know. I don't I don't think so. So the point of bringing up the entanglement with Jada in August and Will, I didn't really understand the whole point. Because if somebody was to really break it down, they could just say like, okay, you're contradicting your, your show because you don't do any of this for movement. You don't really position this. You don't talk against the NFL and all that. You basically follow certain guidelines that pertains to sports, which of course, that makes sense. That's what the show is for. But you also don't do what you're arguing about. So, I mean, I just thought it was just a little ironic how he chose to speak up upon that and nothing else. <laughs> yeah, and I agree with the irony because he was one of the ones who were for the NBA starting back up. And you remember when Kyrie said what he said, I, you know, I was with them, that that would be a distraction and stuff like that which it is, but now he's talking about this distraction. So it's definitely a little bit of pot calling the kettle black. You know what I'm saying? So right. I definitely... I mean, um, it was entertaining. Definitely entertaining. No, I mean, if they don't have stuff to talk about, then they don't have the show. So, you know, like you said, it's definitely um, ironic wow. there, you know, in, in, in that regard. But to his point, though, I do think, and I said this before, the NBA, all this stuff, I don't, like... We don't. I don't know if we thought like not we meaning you and I and Josh, but just people thought the protesting for two weeks would get it done. But you get to, it's it's lost steam. It's losing steam, and it's definitely you know not on the forefront as it as it once was and whatnot. Do you think that's uh, how do they how do they fix that or is there any, any way to fix that? Change that. Uh, John, Josh, anyone? Hmm. I mean, to me, they're being very clever in how they're behaving in the media. Because it's actually it's double ironic. It's double irony. Because <laughs> if we were to respond to what's going on now, the same way that the world responds to anti-Semitism. Okay. I mean, because why isn't that happening? That's true. And that's my question. Yeah, that, because what happened fight, to huh? Jewish people was horrible, and we all know horrible. that. We all acknowledge that. That was unforgivable. Right. But the irony, the, the triple irony, is that it's happened to both of our people in history. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm like, but and you know, all the way back to the Egyptians. So that's why I'm like, really, really. But you know what it is? The difference between us and them um, is just they work together. They work in a unit. Whenever something is brought up in that respect, they are quick to shut it down. Now, when it comes to us, I'm not saying we're not quick to say anything, but it's like only like certain, it's only a certain number of people that choose to say something. And then when they do say something, it's not really spoken out out loud. It's usually spoken in whispers. Like some people, somebody might say something, another person might say something, and then they get sidetracked, and then they 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 get confused with another movement and they add something else to it, and then it just gets lost in the sauce. Where when it comes to um, 
other groups of people, they are a bit more sophisticated and they work together and they don't they don't they don't let any of that slide. Like whenever something is out there or if there's a image or story or something said, they are quick to put it to like, no, you can't do that. Like we're we're gonna we're gonna get you fired. For us, we tend to, you know, forget or we are not really focused or we end up losing traction after a short period of time. Hence the protest. I'm not saying people are not protest, still protesting, but we're just losing uh, focus in regards to putting it out there in the media, like really getting more and more people out there, um, you know, creating more examples of like not putting any money, not putting any money in certain businesses and other things like that. Well, remember I said weeks ago that people are only down for a cause when it's convenient to them for the most part. And I still felt that way, you know, as people have been able to get back to work or go different places or do different things more, you see less and less energy in what they had, just like I said, a month and a half ago. Um, and and even like the stuff they post, you know, it was funny because I literally watched this. It was every day. It was pictures about uh, a protest or Black Lives Matter or whatever it was. And then it gradually went back to like ass and like twerking and stuff like that. Little by little. <laughs> now it's like back to the norm and whatnot. So it's like I, I just don't know why, to, to your point about the, um, the Jewish community, why we can't keep focus on whatever the task is you know, at hand. It's interesting. But speaking of a protest, uh, there was one, I believe yesterday, which uh, um, ended in some arrest of some social media influencers, some reality stars, as well as a football player, Kenny Stills, um, who also got arrested. You got his photo, right, Josh? Yes. And he's apparently facing felony charge along with everyone else who was arrested um, yesterday uh, in the uh, for doing the protest for uh, Breonna Taylor. Her mother was there as well. Um, what I seen, um, and I guess they went to the uh, was the governor's house. I think. Uh, mm. Okay. Pretty sure it was his house, and they were outside, and they were asked to leave, and they wouldn't leave, and eventually it ha happened to have 96 or 97 arrests. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Josh? That's very interesting, and for me, it's, uh, it's kind of illustrating the systematic oppression, because it, it wasn't like they were violently protesting. I'm sure it's peaceful. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on. It's right here. Attorney General's house. No, not the governor. Attorney General's house. Right. Right. So that, that's why I'm just surprised. I mean, not, not that surprised, but just surprised that it can be viewed as a, a felony. Like, I'm just trying to figure out how. Well, here's the bigger question. Since he was charged with a felony, well, because, you know, normally if you're charged with a felony in the NFL, it's like automatic suspension, right? So would an NFL try to save face and not suspend him? Or would it still follow by the rules? That's more the bigger question. I mean, it's called a, an intimidating a participant in the legal process, yeah. which is interesting for holding someone accountable. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good. I think it's a good. Uh, it was. It would be a good um, 
thing for the NFL to show. We support Kenny Stills, and he will not be punished for this uh, arrest. That will be a great statement for Roger Goodell to say right now. And you got uh, some great plausible deniability because there's no teams in Kentucky, so right. why not? <laughs> That's true. Exactly. So I think it's a win-win, and that'll be a good thing for the NFL to show that they support, you know, the movement and, and black – well, you know what, support – uh, 80% of their, their league, which is black people, I guess. Right. And hopefully, I hope moving forward, when these incidents happen, they'll respond by doing things like this that George Floyd's family did. Discussion that started in America in the aftermath of the killing of George Floyd outside of Cup Food Store here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Today, we have filed a federal wrongful death civil rights lawsuit on behalf of George Floyd's family and all of his children. We are going to have an important conversation that continues based on this lawsuit that documents what we have said all along. And that is, there was not just the knee of Officer Derek Chauvin on George Floyd's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. I mean, I think things like that is going to have to start happening. You're going to have to say things like hate crimes, which they are, and it's blatantly obvious. You're going to have to start doing civil lawsuits. And you're going to have to actually start persecuting the system that's persecuting us. That's really the only way that's anything's going to move the needle. And what do you think, Banks, about that and about the protests, uh, all the arrests and protests? I mean, I feel like it's just basically they're just setting examples. Uh, they're using uh, high-profile figures to put out to the masses of just basically saying, listen, this is what you continue to do. This is what's going to happen to you. And they use people that, that they can see or that they identify with when it comes to sports or like the other day, they just arrested another rapper, uh, YBN Corday, which is a young, uh, very talented young rap artist, very lyrical. And he was at a, coincidentally at another protest for Brianna Taylor and he got arrested. Um, and it was a peaceful protest. <laughs> and it's just like they're doing this to try to, you know, once again, instill fear. Like you're seeing your favorite celebrity who's considered celebrities are considered to be quote unquote untouchable when it comes to a lot of things. Um, but they are doing the they're doing these things little by little to to try to basically break apart these movements and instill fear once again to really stop the people going out there and you know fighting for what's right basically putting out fear to help people forget and you know what like all right i'm not going to do this i got work i can't do this i can't sacrifice going to jail i can't have a record and all these things that are adding up to basically just break down our movement well, that's what I was going to get to, actually. I think that 
you know, since we know what they're trying to do, we should take lessons from our forefathers. And back in the civil rights movement, they had, you know, uh, um, lawyers on retainer, all the movements that they had going on. They collected money from stuff like that in case you were arrested for protests and, and things of that nature. Um, and if people are going to do that, you know, they start freaking um uh, GoFundMe accounts for the for for the lady whose salon got closed during coronavirus and raised two hundred thousand dollars three months ago. Why can't they raise money for uh uh you know uh lawyers and bail money for protests and things of that nature? You know what I'm saying? So I think that would be the good idea because obviously you know it's going to happen. Like that's their next, just just arrest us. So let's be prepared. Let's have the lawyer. Let's have the bail money. So we don't have to feel like we're scared to go out there to Banks's point and still protest for the things that are right. You know what? I think the biggest thing that would work. I was watching a documentary the other day. I can't remember. I don't know why. I can't remember what these people were protesting about. But I think it was in early 70s or 60s and it was a, a company um that was run by i don't know if they were spanish or indian but um they had this protest which got to the masses of people where basically they were saying they saw how they were treated in these factories and it was run by a woman and a man and basically what they did was they got people to stop buying into this product. I wish I could remember what it was they were protesting about. It was a big deal. It was like some somewhere between the 60s and the 70s. And they got people to stop buying to stop buying this particular product. They got thousands and thousands of people all across the United States to, to stop buying into this product because they saw how these people were being treated in the factories. And once the the dollar started decreasing, they were able to make a quick change and provide more rights and get a union to this particular to this particular corporation to give more rights. And I feel like the biggest thing to accomplish when it comes to getting your voice heard is the monetary dollar. Same thing with the bus protests where they stopped taking the bus in the minute yep. they started, well, I mean, not the minute, but it did take a little while, but a month, once they yeah. started realizing that black dollar decreasing and fading away they're like, whoa, hold on, okay, maybe we need to do something about that. Or same right. thing with when it came to black businesses, where they had Black Wall Street or different areas where the black dollar was only circulating within those particular neighborhoods and areas, and that's when that became an issue because that money was not circulating into the other side. And when that happens, that's a big no-no because they're losing revenue. And I think well, you know it's true. The money makes the money makes the world goes round. And if we, as a group, decided to just not shop in regards to these industries for six months, three to six months, you know how much of an uproar that would cause? You know how many businesses would go out of business with the black dollar, especially how much money we waste <laughs> on daily things? You know, you know how... You know how much of a void, like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not taking away from the protests, but if we just stop the protests and just stop spending money on certain things, or at least when it comes to like certain organizations for a few months, any, I guarantee at least most of the things that we want, we would want or get our voice put out 
somebody would try to make some sort of deal with us because of the amount of money that we put, even though there's a small percentage of us in the United States, but the dollar that we put out there is ridiculous. And that's all it takes. It's just the dollar. But they, every time somebody says that, they always try to minimize their thought or what they're saying because they know that's what's going to make it work. And that, if you look at history, any type of protest, it always has something to do with money. And if you actually get a group and put that and and follow that particular mindset, you can do so much with this app. Forget the protest. Forget the forget the the picketing, the signs, the the um the looting. If you just take away the dollar, if you stop shopping at that Walgreens and that CVS, that liquor store, uh, you stop putting your money in these banks. Stop stop paying. Uh, taking your money out of these more these mortgage companies and just living with certain people, or whatever, or you know, getting creative, you would the the uproar in that it would be ridiculous. Things would change yeah, so quickly. I, I think to your point, you're saying sacrifice for a few months to make your point is um is what you're trying to say, and I think that that I think it will work actually. You know what you've been saying, and people have been saying that for a while, but nobody tends to stick to it. You know, even if it's just blind from back black businesses, they don't want to do the research to find them. They want things to again back to what I said. People only do what's convenient to them. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I feel like that is um that's what the issue is. And that's why this movement, which had steam, um, is already losing steam. And you know, it seems like we will never get what we actually are, are trying to get, or maybe another generation will get it, but you know, you know, who knows? We'll see. But let's move forward um, past that. And we were going to talk about the, the pandemic, actually. We haven't talked about that in quite a while, guys, so we can get to that. And uh, let's start with the NBA players who all went to the bubble uh, over the last week and already a couple of infections um, with James Harden, um, Russell Westbrook, and then uh, – J.R. Smith had a video about the food inside there. You got that, Josh? Yes. Some of these dudes. 30, 40, 50 million. A year. You want these niggas to eat this shit? But then be over there crying, talking about somebody can't stay healthy and they body breaking down and all this other shit. Just saying, bro. Just can't. I'm just saying, you want a motherfucking Ferrari to run like a Ferrari because you pay for it as a Ferrari, but you keep gassing it up with motherfucking a Chrysler shit. That's just me, though. That's whatever, man. Y'all do what y'all want to do. I'm just happy to be back, baby. <laughs> just happy to be back, man. You know what I'm saying? Where is the lie? There's the issue about James Harden testing positive, as well as we don't have it up here with Russell Westbrook, his teammate. Um, what are your thoughts when you see that video, Josh? I'm I'm very perplexed because he's not wrong. Because at the end of the day, how much money is involved in basketball, NBA specifically? I mean, like you said, 30, 40, 50 million a year. I mean, the yeah. player, each player individually could afford a better meal than that. 
and their diet and nutrition is meticulous because they're professional athletes. Like he said, that's the perfect analogy. You're not going to put low octane gas in a Ferrari and expect it to run like a Ferrari. That's essentially like putting water in the tank as opposed to gasoline. It's ridiculous. Uh, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And, um, and I, and one player said it was like a motel six. I know it's supposed to be like a nice hotel in Disney, but apparently to that, to these guys, they're just like, not, they're only okay. And stuff like that. Um, and, um, I just think that, uh, they weren't prepared, you know, the NBA. So I feel like it's a bad situation. And then moving forward, the season's supposed to stop in October, but then the next season will start in December. If we're still having the same amount of cases, are they going to send them back to a bubble the whole league for the whole you know season? Like I feel like the players who are there now, they're going to be like, I ain't going back. So I feel like that's going to be an issue um, at a later date. I, I, honestly, Josh, I feel like this might lead to a possible player strike. Um, not now, but when they have to come back for the uh, you know another season, if it still has to be in a bubble, I'm saying. Well, if uh, players get injured in droves, you might be correct. Yeah, and I, I just feel like they won't want to go if they already been there to leave and come back two months later for how many months leaving your family again? I don't think players gonna be like, listen, it, I'm not going back. You know, it's one thing to finish this season, but to start a new season fresh in a bubble, I don't, I don't know if that's gonna actually work. I'll be completely honest: the bubble is not the solution. The solution is to quarantine each organization. So, however, whoever the essential staff are. From the the best player to the you know the manager of the team and the assistant coach, so you have you have them. You have each organization is in their own bubble, the same way that they travel normally in a very exclusive way. So they have their own planes and right. everything. They have assigned pilots and crew for the entire season, and you just go around to each venue that's also in a bubble because there's no fans. There's not going to be any fans there. Right, and you can just play that way. And again, I understand if they don't want to play in front of fans, but it'll be a lot better to play in these professional arenas, and be, them being able to have food. I mean, because at the end of the day, I I don't even understand how each team doesn't have their own executive chef in the bubble with them, flying flying around with them. It, it, to me, it doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, I don't know if they were against the rules, though. So, you, you, I mean, they should, but the NBA laid out the rules for the bubble. So, I think that's crazy. How do you feel about the the Harden and Westbrook testing positive for the coronavirus and then now going to the bubble, which is already, you know, there? I mean, I, just feel, like it was, I just feel like it was inevitable. Like, I mean, these are people, too. You know, they're going to go out. Like, James Harden definitely went out in Houston. Like I seen, I seen it. <laughs> yeah, I know the places that he went. Strip clubs. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I don't know about the strip clubs. I don't know if the strip clubs are still open. Um, but then again, you never know when it when you have a certain lifestyle, certain pay grade, anything can happen for you. But I mean, what do you expect? I'm sure. But then again, you know, these people, these players, a lot of these players are very healthy, uh, more healthy than in comparison to the average person. I think they'll be completely fine, um, you know, in regards to you know being tested positive for coronavirus. And I, I just don't, 
I mean, it's something I expected, especially with, you know, certain certain other players. I'm sure there's more players that have tested positive, but they just, you know, kept it low with, like, rumors, like, with Steph Curry and all that. Um, but, I mean, especially, but going back to staring away from the virus um, with the food situation, I was a bit surprised. I did hear people saying, like, there was other players posting pictures of steaks like the other day, like the a few days before uh, he posted that, they were saying there was other players posting them eating steaks. But in essence, if you're going to put them in a bubble and put them, put them in Florida where they have to be confined to one location, these are professional athletes. They have to maintain a certain diet. And, and I understand with hotels, there's definitely restrictions in regards to the cleaning and uh, how they maintain food and everything like that. But still, they're still also professional athletes. These are these are people that you're paying millions and millions of dollars for, and that are also you millions and millions of dollars in revenue why are you you feeling why are you feeding these these players like it's a freaking all this junk food which is a when it comes to the hey, uh, john i think players, we're losing you bro you're like breaking in and out right now like a big i think it's, I think, I think it's your wife to their diets of what they should eat, you can't even hear me. And what they, and what they shouldn't, and what they should eat, and what they shouldn't eat. So it, it was just—it's a bit alarming to see that this is the type of stuff that they put in their room for them to eat. When yeah, they hey, John, you hear? And being tip-top shape, you're feeding them garbage. Like, what sense does that make? I understand it's a pandemic, but, but come on. There's plenty, and, and it's in Florida. There's plenty of restaurants open. There's plenty of restaurants taking fines from police officers to, to basically to men. Huh? Bro. <laughs> Your, your, your Wi-Fi, you're kind of lagging right now. Makes <laughs> <laughs> is crazy. Don't put your phone, bro. If you hear it. All right, we'll move forward with you, Josh. All right, since we were talking oh, about We this. also forgot to talk about the uh, squirrel with the bubonic plague. Yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. I don't know how and and I, again, I have to read Charlemagne's comment because what he's it's saying funny. is yeah. completely right. Three things I need answers to because I'm not the highest grade of weed in the dispensary, nor am I the strongest Avenger. Why would they randomly be testing squirrels for bubonic plague? Number two, what's the best plague vaccine stock to invest in? Number three, do you think the aliens still pulling up? (laughs) Charlemagne. Uh, The first one is the most important question, though. Exactly. Why they randomly, there he is, he's back. Uh, testing squirrels for the bubonic plague. Yes, dude, when I saw that article, I was like, what the hell is this? 
Yeah. Like, where are they coming up with this stuff? It never ends. Well, that was your thoughts about it when you first saw it? Yeah, I'm like testing scrolls with the bubonic. First, I thought this was like cap, like bubonic plague. What the hell was that? Is this is this the next pandemic? <laughs> it, it could be. That's, That's the I'm original thinking. one. When I saw that, I'm like, first off, why are they even, what gave them the idea to test a squirrel? Who does that? Right. That's the question. Yeah. Like, why are they testing a squirrel in Colorado? One random ass squirrel? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, how the, 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 this squirrel got this plague? Like, how? <laughs> uh, and probably like, the same way that, uh, I guess, the bats and the mice and Wuhan. Had the coronavirus, but with the thing with the coronavirus, I don't know if this is true, but they're saying that the the virus that's out there is a synthetic version of it, where it was something that was created in in a lab in Wuhan to help combat the actual coronavirus, but somehow, allegedly, it just happened to get out of the laboratory and infect the whole world. <laughs> and that's exactly how I'm looking at it now because I'm like, okay, if we think about how the CDC works, they also keep all of these viruses, these deadly pathogens and whatnot, in the labs. So it, it, it didn't come out of nowhere. Right. And I also think it's funny with the CDC because it was on the um, what's his name? Conan O'Brien, the guy with the red hair, right? Mm -hmm. He did a skit where he was making fun of the CDC, like Oh, you know, it's funny how the CDC contradicts itself, where it's where he show like clips of if you go on the CDC website, it says wash your hands for thoroughly, thoroughly for 30 seconds. And then it says, like, well, if, as long as you don't touch somebody, you can watch it for five seconds. And it was showing like these different these contradicting clips of I don't I don't think this was true, but it was basically making fun of the CDC. Like they'll tell you to do one thing where like he did another skit where they were saying like, Oh, it's funny how they told us not to wear a mask a couple months ago, and then now all of a sudden they say you should wear a mask. And he was just going in on the CDC saying like they say one thing, and then a few months later they say something else. Like, can you really trust what they're saying? Are they really here for the people? You know. But I even though it was a joke, but some of the things he was saying with what the CDC does, I mean, they do have a history and pattern of just like you know, switching certain things that they put out there with the people in regards to what they want them to believe. Wow, that sounds eerily familiar to this. Perfect that, segue, Josh, about Trump finally wearing a mask, showing his mismanagement and contradictory status that he has very high. So, and what are your thoughts on that, Josh? Um... It's a strong possibility that he may have dementia. I agree. I Especially agree. since he, he faulted Obama for <laughs> for his testing where he hasn't been in office for the last, you know, three or four years. But you know, right. food for thought, you know. <laughs> and I uh, yeah, I just think I guess too little, I mean too too little too late, kinda how you know Bernie said it. And I'll bring that bring that photo up. But what do you guys think? I, I, I think it's a possibility about the dementia. When he speaks, he does remind me of like an old man who just is kind of confused. 
<laughs> like a like an old dude who you see in like a supermarket somewhere who's like infused the white ways there to buy. Like, I swear to God, he does. Like it never seems like coherent to me. And he's ornery as well. Yeah, that too. All of it. <laughs> ornery, defensive, all of it. So I don't know. What are your thoughts, John? What do you see him with the mask on? I just thought, of, first I thought, I mean, I wasn't even thinking about the dementia thing. I just thought it was just another way to troll people or just another way to identify with his agenda for the political race that's coming up and just showing like, oh, I'm with the people. I'm going to wear the mask too. I said, I looked at it. I mean, it, it could be, I mean, if you look at Donald Trump, I mean, he is old and he's getting yeah. up to age. So, I mean, it, it could very well be dementia in regards to, you know, even though he was so against it in the past, he may have forgotten. Now he sees it. He's like, all right, this is what I'm going to do now. But I also think it's just something else that's uh, adding on to it. Florida reports one in 15. <laughs> it sounds yeah, right. we're talking about the, 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 the cases skyrocketing in Florida uh, for the most part and how there's now all these quarantine bans and I'm sorry, quarantine guidelines are coming from different states and all that good stuff. And I guess kind of revisit the whole thing because we were on like uh, the air, I guess, when this thing really first broke out. Uh, when the NBA canceled the season, matter of fact, we were on uh, on the air. So what are you guys' thoughts now as far as like when this thing might turn around or, or end or something like that or whatever? What this new news about Florida? I don't think it's going to end for a long time. Yeah, I'm definitely not sure about that. Uh, simply because of the the mismanagement. So yeah. we see other countries, you know, handling it properly, and yeah. they're in much better shape. They're literally filming uh, Lord of the Rings in New Zealand right now. <laughs> they're in much better shape, um, <laughs> as well as Avatar and stuff like that. Yeah, that's what um, I heard. Yeah, and the crazy thing is, like, if you look at you know me and Josh's one of me and Josh's favorite places, Canada, it's they have so many people trying to get over the border, but they're like basically saying like, no, the way Americans are handling uh, the pandemic, it's a joke, and our numbers are basically are coming down to little to none. And we are not going to take any chances with opening our borders to invite, you know, careless Americans over to skyrocket our numbers. And I just thought that was interesting how they just really enforce the idea of just not having anyone who's not from there or who doesn't have like immediate family or who's not an essential worker come into Canada as opposed to the United States where you know, it's a free for all, even though they put these mandates like, oh, 14 self, 14 days self quarantine. Oh, if you go to these hot states, you got to do this. But the airports are still open. You're still able to travel between, yeah. between these states with not much of enforcement. And it's really a strong suggestion, like you said. It's not really like an enforcement. It's like you should it's, stay on 14 days. Strong, even with even what they're doing in Jersey, it's just, just, just they're suggesting you to do this. They're not really right. enforcing it, but the, it's like a strong suggestion on you should do this. Like the the lettering, the lettering that they put out in the airports is saying that you really should do this. But that's how it basically sounds. Right. And 
if you go into country in different countries, it's just like, no, you are going to do this. You are going to do this and you're going to stay here. Like if we find <laughs> out if like, that's basically like if we find out you're not from here or you got into the country illegally, you're going to stay here. Right. So that's the irony with us in comparison to the world. <laughs> but do you think, cause I do see, you know, um, uh, Atlanta's, you know, mayor, now she closed, try to close back up California, mm-hmm. then closed kind of back up, uh, back to phase one all the way. California went back to, um, <laughs> do you think some of these states will start to like learn from the error of their ways, I guess, and start to. Well, here's the thing. I don't think that's necessarily true because Atlanta, they did that. The mayor, she did that, but the governor overruled it. And it's like, no, that's unconstitutional. We need to make money. You're not doing that. So, yeah, but in California, it was the governor who did it, though. So it's a little different. No, I'm talking about Atlanta. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Atlanta, the mayor did it, but then the governor overruled it and said that's unconstitutional. She has no real power. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Wasn't she supposed to resign? She said she was going to resign. Uh, she's not going to do that. I think it's just some sort of ploy. I doubt she'll do it, but maybe. You never know with Atlanta. But with even with California, you know, they, they do do these. They implemented, you know, the the phase one and all that, but my boy is going to San Francisco or no, San Diego tomorrow <laughs> with no, with no problem. And I'm like, I'm like, I thought they closed it there. And he's like, what do you mean they closed it? Like you can fly in and out airports are still open. They didn't say the airports were closed, but they, I guess it wasn't always back to phase one to your point, but they did stop like the salons, they closed the barbershops, the churches. Uh, but uh, it's like, if you think about it, like remember what they po- what they what basically they implemented like it was a big deal, like they're going to in in, in uh impose phase one, uh mandatory shutdown, yeah, curfew. Yeah, yeah. They're putting in the news about California because yeah, of the skyrocketing yeah. numbers. So somebody who's not from there, like us, we're Shouldn't gonna be able to go in there. Yeah. We're gonna look at it like, okay, we can't go there because they're taking it very seriously, right? Right. That's that's what I thought. But other people who travel more, who've gone there, will basically say, like, yeah, I mean, there's some places closed or whatever. But, I mean, I was able to fly into there. I was able to go to certain places. I didn't have any issue. And I came back. So it's like they put all this stuff out there, but it doesn't really do much because people are still, in a sense, doing or following their day-to-day. Well, I'm going to say this. I do like what our governor is doing and New York's governor has been doing, and they've been really, really cautious, like Josh said on the earlier post. And even if he kept it just like it is right now until things kind of be okay, I think this is not that bad. You know what I'm saying? Um, You know, um, not with the indoor restaurants and, you know, kept it kind of as it is. I think we can deal with this and still kind of function, but don't have to go back to phase one. We're only getting two, three hundred cases a day in New Jersey. Like it's super light, you know, here and whatnot. So Murphy and Cuomo, I will say, are, are doing a wonderful job. But I think other governors, I guess, uh, Trump loving governors, aren't really, you know, listening. I guess. So, but um, moving forward, Josh. Uh, well, I actually yeah. have to apologize, guys, because we actually missed two major stories. Actually, three. So this this little uh, quick. Quick recap. Did we miss them or did we just not get to them yet? 
Beyonce partners with the NA, you know, and NAACP to provide 10K grants to black owned small businesses, which I thought was pretty cool. I thought it is cool. Nope. And we have to say a very melancholy farewell to Nelson Mandela's daughter, Zinzi, who has died today at the age of 59, unfortunately. Rest in peace. Wow. So RIP to her. And finally, we have North Carolina officially proves reparation for its black residents and unanimous vote. And that was today, actually. Now, Uh, I'm curious on what exactly does that entail? Like, what are they going to do? Because, you know, North Carolina, in certain parts, they are pretty prejudiced um, in regards to, and very segregated, depending what parts of uh, North Carolina you're in. Mm-hmm. So I'm really curious to see what they're going to do in these so-called reparations because of how segregated they are in certain parts. I don't know if they would want to increase the likelihood of the, of the black class getting above the poor white classes there. So it, it's going to be a bit interesting on how they play this out and what exactly does this mean to, you know, the black residents of North Carolina? Well, um, from what I, I heard, it's not actual like checks to the residents, but it's more like, you know, uh, putting money in some of those impoverished uh, cities in North mm-hmm. Carolina that have mostly black residents. And that's, I guess, their form of quote unquote reparations. Like, I guess, you know, it'll probably be adding like, you know, uh, after school centers or fixing up certain neighborhoods or something like that, which I guess is still a, you know, still, you know, still a good thing, I guess, you know, in either way. But I think that's their form of uh, reparations. I just hope it's not like Newark, where they give a billion dollars to Newark school system and nothing happened. <laughs> yeah. A billion dollars, too. A billion. Not yeah. a million. A billion. Wasn't that, well, wasn't that when Booker was up there? Whatever. I think. Yeah, he was up there. Yeah. yeah. A billion dollars went to Newark school system. It was a big deal at that time. And then slowly but surely it just trickled down to a point to where not many people questioned to where what happened to the money for the school system of Newark. Like so I just hope it doesn't turn out to be something like, oh, we gave trillions of dollars to the communities and then you just see a small rec center and maybe a playground. <laughs> like, oh, it was a trillion dollar park. <laughs> like it's I did see some people saying though, you know, we hear reparations, you need to get a check. So they sure. were like, Man, I want I want a check. So but I would be fine if they just fix communities up. Like Or you know. I just hope they actually do something or it doesn't turn into some, you know, some Ruha where it's like, Oh, it's this is a hundred year plan. <laughs> they might do some BS like that. Like, oh, within a hundred years, they're going yeah. to we're going to redevelop neighborhoods. And impoverished areas, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I just hope they yeah, don't. I, I definitely need to see the fine print of this because I, I strongly doubt, as Banks said, because there are a lot of areas, and even some places like uh, 
eight mile road with Chapel Hill and, and North Carolina, places like that, that are incredibly, incredibly liberal as is, you know, Duke and Durham and whatnot, but they're also very segregated as well. So I honestly cannot see, I cannot fathom that the state of North Carolina is going to be taxing because that that's where the money would have to come from. They would have to tax their racist citizens for black people. I, I honestly can never see that happening. You're probably going to have the white people out there protesting about this now. They, right. they don't want to get taxed and whatnot. They'll protest for anything, you know, <laughs> mass, whatever it is. They're just crazy. Um, and um, and finishing up with the pandemic, we had a question from Wale. Wale. So for our audience members who are watching at a later date, Hypothetically, if you woke up tomorrow and they said COVID is gone for good, I think we're all wishing for that, right? Oh, what man. would be the first thing you did? And for me, I said it was getting on a plane out of the country. I'm, <laughs> I'm, vominos. I'm out of here. Are you gonna get a haircut first, or, or what? I mean, probably. I mean, usually, Big Mike, you guys know this. Whenever <laughs> know. going somewhere, he he's getting his haircut first. <laughs> Where would you go right away? Oh, I'm definitely going to England. Oh wow, London and Manchester specifically. Is that your team, Manchester United? Is that your uh... ah Miguel's paying attention? Oh, look at that! Okay, look Miguel, that's Manchester United. There Manchester. And and Banks, I mean, you already live like no COVID now, but what would you do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I would yeah. To add on to Josh's point, um, I would definitely, uh, I would definitely travel, um, definitely outside the U.S. Um, Somewhere different. Uh, I'll definitely go back to Canada. Um, probably go to uh, a day party. <laughs> <laughs> definitely a day party, like a, a really, really good one. I don't know, like maybe like a everyday people or what else? That you ever been to everyday people? They have in like DC, New York, or oh, one okay. of the Adidas or one of those Adidas events they have. Um, in Brooklyn, um, but yeah, you know, it is something where people are outside and like not wearing a mask and just enjoying, you know, the weather and enjoying each other's company, no drama, just a good time, you know, just having a good conversation, or whatever, and just like having no care of just like somebody coughing on you or you know, once or being again, six feet apart or wearing a mask and stuff like that. Apart. Or, you know, being restricted to, like, what you're drinking or what you're eating or how long you have to be at a particular place. You know, just, just to li live a little, you know. That's, that's what I, I, would, I would do. I would do something in the public and definitely, definitely travel, leave the U.S. I think I would follow suit with the traveling because, as you guys remember, something I wanted to do this year. But then it's kind of happened, so it kind of sucked for me. But I would follow through um, with that. And I think I would get back to doing regular stuff, I think, just because I couldn't do it. Like, I'd probably do a movie marathon for like three days straight. <laughs> I was about to say, Miguel's definitely going to the movies, man. 
Oh man, I'll be there. I, I literally I'll watch nine movies three days straight. I'll be three days three movies in a row, and uh, restaurants, you know, just stuff I walk through. Just walk through the mall, you know what I mean? Just stuff I, that we took for granted. I think is more stuff I would do, you know, than than and everything else. I guess so. Take my kids to the park without an issue or stuff like that. So absolutely, but I'll be completely honest, Miguel. I mean, from what John was talking about, kind of sounded like his trip to ATL. <laughs> People were doing that anyway. <laughs> I told you, I feel like he just—he's never had a quarantine. It's just a regular like, <laughs> like John's had like four haircuts. That <laughs> was going on, whatnot. Um, and moving forward, speaking of quarantine and breaking quarantines, celebrities breaking the quarantine may lead to less people taking it seriously. And just to have an example for context, have everyone look at this clip here. We had to come. Um, we had to come kill the streets for, for five minutes. And in, in addition to that, yo, bro. Jesus Christ, Lord. Wait, 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 wait. Let me just get a snack quick. Yeah, real thing, real thing. Yo, give me a Jesus Christ! Scene. So that's very interesting. So it is. Um, so yeah, so Drake in Barbados. I don't know why he's even there. Uh shout out to Drake though. He got a uh uh, Khaled dropping his new song tomorrow at midnight featuring Drake uh, called Popstar. So shouts out to him. Um, I, said I he mean, to like- be fair, Miguel, I mean, out of all the places I would go, I would definitely go to the Caribbean as well. But I also read today the U.S. Virgin, well, it's not the Caribbean, but the U.S. Virgin Islands, they're having an uptick in cases too, actually. Ironically. Really? Yeah. So um, those numbers, you know, they count with our all the total numbers per day. And stuff. So okay. for the U.S. and whatnot. So I mean, because Jamaica's under a thousand, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, this is good. But um, the okay, so let's ask the question first. Do you feel like that will lead, you know, to people not taking it seriously? Absolutely. I mean, as we know, celebrities are the original influencers. I'm, sh- I'm. Sh- because right now we're in the social media age where pseudo celebrities can become famous on social media and be influencers that way. But Mm -hmm. celebrities literally get paid to be influencers. It's kind of like the movie keeping up with Joneses where you get compensated for your direct impact financially on how people spend their money, time and energy. So the more attention you get, the more dollars that are spent based upon your habits, which is why, you know, brands want celebrities to endorse their products, to be spokesmen for their products. Right. So when you see some of the most popular names, especially during the quarantine period, with Mr. Quarantine Radio, which we'll get into in a few, right. Meg Stallion and Kylie Jenner in the same pool. What? I mean, right. without social distancing, right? No masks. Um, and which le- and that was the same night or or night before, which led to 
something else. So kind of <laughs> uh, twisted irony, I guess, there yeah. and whatnot. But I definitely get to your point. I can see where that will say whatever part. You know what it is? Is that we, we, we already want their lifestyle for the most part, right? So um, just that small part, like, okay, because half of the things we do, because we try to follow these celebrities anyway, especially this day and age. So mm -hmm. I feel like it's like, yo, they're in a pool together with no mask, just having a great time. Why can't we do the same thing and whatnot? So it definitely doesn't show um, any type of, um, uh, you know, social distancing or, or any type of, uh, I guess, example and stuff like that in any way. I, I never thought about it like that when we were seeing this lately, but it does make sense to you. you know, to Absolutely. And you spot on me, Gil, because it's literally FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. And the whole aspect, right. like you said, we desire as regular people to have the lifestyle of celebrities. So when you see celebrities doing these things in these amazing pools and these amazing locations, you're like, yo, I want to do some of that too. I do want to know how deep the pool was. The Tori was standing up in the pool, so I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm deep. how deep it was. But speaking of Tori, did you want to talk about that now too, right? Tori and Meg. So allegedly, right? Allegedly, allegedly, there was an altercation at some party, and I, I'm still not sure where in the world they were. Probably L.A. or you know Miami. Miami. Someplace yeah. like that, right? And mm -hmm. uh, Meg the Stallion and Tory Lanes were involved in the altercation, which involved shooting. So his nickname might be Tory Guns after this. He kind of <laughs> did something almost worse than Plexico. So apparently there were shots fired at their entourage. And I guess Tory had the hammer on him to use the yeah. vernacular, right? <laughs> and I guess in his way to retaliate, he mistakenly shot the stallion in the foot. So she had to retire as as a stallion, right? Thanks. Perfect timing. <laughs> Talking about Tory, your boy. My boy Tory, man. He about to get deported. <laughs> what's your whole insight and take on the situation? Like, what's your, uh, what, 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 what information do you have about it? Uh, I mean, I, I've heard some mixed things. Um, First of all, I didn't know Tori and uh, Meg Thee Stallion were dating. Apparently, they're dating or some sort of item or whatever, and that's why they were together. Really? Um, that's what I've heard. I'm not sure if it's true, but I mean, he was what... with her earlier in the quarantine at her house. Remember when he was watching? Right, that live? they were with Kylie. No, 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 not recently. I mean, back in like April when like when yeah, yeah, they were together. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. There's, there's something. I don't know. There was apparently they're close friends, but apparently they're, they're dating or whatever. But I think Jay Z is going to put a stop to that because you know T Tory's a shapeshifter. He doesn't identify who he is. And when it comes to business moves and Hollywood and music, if the relationship doesn't make sense, somebody who has like a, a say is going to cut it. And I think Jay is going to cut that completely because. Tory is a is a mess, um, but from what I hear, there were they went out, and then there was some sort of altercation with another vehicle, where there was like uh, gunshots being being put out. But there was Tory, Meg, and there was another woman in the SUV, and apparently there was some sort of altercation. But they're saying, like, you know, Meg Thee Stallion's foot was injured or whatever, but she's fine now. But they're saying it wasn't a gunshot wound. They're saying she stepped on glass. Because if you've seen the TMZ video, 
in the video that I sent you guys earlier, um, she had no shoes on. And when they arrested her, like she kept putting her foot up and they're saying that it's from some sort of glass from some sort of altercation earlier. But there are, then there's other speculation saying that Tori, you know, there was a gun in his vehicle and that he accidentally shot her <laughs> in the foot because they were arguing about something and then the gun just so happened to let off onto her foot. So it's two things. Either he shot her by mistake or she stepped on glass. And then Meg Thee Stallion, she put a statement saying that, um, you know, don't believe everything that you read. It's definitely not true. Um, and she's saying that she was fine and she's going to get, she's coming, she's hoping to have a speedy recovery and get back to making music. So she basically put a vague statement out, not really explaining anything, but all we know is that she's fine. But Tori, he got arrested and she did not get arrested, but she got escorted to um, the hospital. So it's a big mess on what exactly is happening because right now it says he say she, he say she say so we don't really know what's happening but just based upon those you know those random alleged um stories that have been put out there all we know is that there was a gun in Tory's truck he's arrested um Magda Stallion had some sort of injury on her foot and there was another woman involved in the vehicle and there was another vehicle apparently around there that caused some sort of friction between the group. So who knows what's going to happen, but if, if it does indeed turn out to where Tori used the gun, you know, he's probably going to get deported because, you know, he's not an American citizen. I mean, and Banks is right. I mean, look, look at this scene. It's something out of GTA. Seriously.
Wow. Yep. You know, um, one other part of her statement, which is, I don't know if y'all believe it or not, but what is what is interesting is that uh, she said that this kind of, I guess, showed her something about how to, you know, things she should be changing in her life and, you know, kind of was a wake-up call and stuff like that. Do y'all buy that at all? No. It, all of that <laughs> is for show. Her, her, her PR representative wrote that for her. Like, all that's for show. It's, it's just... I mean, you can't really believe everything that these celebrities say, which is a given, because a lot of the things that they put out there, we're not supposed to know. Um, but going back to what I said with Jay-Z probably putting an X to her and Tori because of how he is, I believe it. I believe it. And... I don't think she's going to be around him anytime soon. Coming within the coming months, I don't think they're going to be an item or whatever they were. I think that's going to end very ab- abruptly. And depending now, on... Does she like, go through rappers and stuff like that, though? Like, seems like a little bit? Well, I mean, she, you know, she had a little publicity stunt with G-Eazy, and then she had the little fling with uh, Moneybag Yo. Oh, Moneybag Yo. Yeah. Who? And, <laughs> Money Bag Yo, he's a rapper from Memphis. He's under Yo Gotti. Um, wow. The girl, the girl I showed you, the picture I showed you of the girl, Ari says she goes through, yeah, Ari, who goes through, you know, every celebrity or whatever, <laughs> whoever make it to the top. That's his girl right now. And he just bought her a Lamborghini truck. Yeah. You heard, did you, did you, hear, you see her comment after she got the truck? Feeling blessed. No, so no, so I only want to say it on the show. I'll tell you later. But um, so um, tell me what she said. But I, I saw the feeling blessed. That's all I saw. Okay. And then all the designer bags in the trunk. I'm I don't get these how these rappers don't understand agendas of some of these chicks, but you know, whatever. Yeah. What is I she? She a, she a reality star or something like that? Ari? Ari? I don't know what she is. I don't think she, <laughs> I don't know what she does. I know she sells the flat front uh, tummy tea thing and she she has like endorsements. I'm not sure if she was on any reality TV, but I know she doesn't do anything else. But other than it's so crazy, the, the wave that the Kardashians started with these talentless people who are like, you know, being influencers and any all these circles and stuff like that. It's amazing to me. Well, hold on, hold on. We have to give credit to Paris Hilton first. True. 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 <laughs> Um, it was definitely the first and the first. Um, and moving forward, man, from Megan Money and Megan, uh, and Tory Lanez, um, it's a sad moment. We want to give an RIP, uh, rest in peace to uh, Naya Rivera, passed away at the age of 33. The other day, they found a body, as you can see, recovered in the lake. Um, apparently, she saved her son, her four year old son, in the lake, but. Um, died herself. It was a search for a few days. Uh, she was a child actress um, who grew up and then was on Glee for several years, and now she passed away. So definitely want to give a prayers up and a RIP to Naya Rivera. And I guess I was just confused because as you said, Miguel, it's completely heartbreaking because with her last energy on Earth, she saved her son. But I was just trying to figure out how strong is a current in a lake, number one. Number two, 
This is why I feel that people who ever go out on boats and rent boats, they need maritime licenses. So they understand the the water and the the ecosystem essentially that you're going into. Like I'm sure people would want to know if there's going to be certain type of animals in the water that you're going to be in. So you're just a you have that awareness of it. So and I guess you really need to have the buddy system so things like this can happen. I I, I wholeheartedly agree, man. And it's crazy because like you know, she's been around for so long, actually. And I didn't even realize that she was the same girl on, like, you know, all those 90s TV shows, a little girl who grew up, you know, in the hair. And then it, it, it sprung into uh, Tamara, um, one of the twins, Tamara Morris. She quit the reel the same day that this happened. And, you know, she, uh, Naya was on Sister, Sister and Smart Guy. So she knew her from a kid. And apparently this, like, made her want to quit the real so she quit after seven years um the real actually she was on so and she was That's also right. on the bernie mac show as well oh uh, yeah it was just crazy yeah, yeah i think there's more to it though yes why she uh date, why she dating big sean for a while Thanks. yeah okay. yeah 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 before um before he got with uh what janae and yeah. um and I don't know if that was there was someone before. I'm not sure if that's the same one he wrote that song about. Oh, um, <laughs> well, we're gonna bring it up right now. We, we want to give her some, some yeah, yeah, her power that. right now. But I definitely, I don't know. I just feel like there's some sort of foul play, foul play to it. And you know, with you know, with uh, what was it Tamara, right? Mm -hmm. Or did Tamara quit the show, and. I, I feel like there's more to it. And you, just going back to, you know, the Hollywood lifestyle. Uh, I don't, we don't know what she was dealing with, what she experienced, what she saw, uh, what, what, what she had to endure as a child, a childhood actress, uh, actress. Um, so just to just leave your four-year-old son on deck and then you just so happen to whatever happens in the water i don't know i just feel like there's something more to the story that probably we'll never know um but just going back to just the realities of just that hollywood lifestyle and being a childhood actress you know there's a lot of things that can and does happen to child actors and actresses so you don't know what she was going through. So that could that's also another factor. But um it is that but at the end of the day, it is definitely a shame that she uh uh left our world at a very early age and just to leave a son. Um it's just a very sad, very, very sad day. So rest in peace to her and her family. Absolutely. It's incredibly odd and incredibly heartbreaking. This is it's just twenty twenty. It, it it encapsulates twenty twenty. It's just I don't know what's gonna happen next. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, hmm. What's that, Banks? I said, well, especially with like, um, you know, not to, to deter what happened to her, but with all these hacks that are happening with like with Elon Musk, Uber, Apple, um, other tech companies, Apple, um, and just like uh, what they're saying about Trump and Pizzagate. You know, it just it's it's going to be very very interesting 
towards the end of 2020, because, you know, we still have a few more months left. What else are they going to put out there that essentially has been going on for ages? Even with this Wayfair thing, even though we don't understand what exactly is going on, but what a lot of these sales that are pertaining to, you know, Wayfair, which is was basically considered to be just like a harmless site when it comes to buying household goods and such. And now all of a sudden you see these pieces are selling for thousands of dollars where it's not really equating toward the actual product. Thank you. And a lot of people are looking past it because like, oh no, that can't be true. That's it just happened to be uh antique or it just happened to be priced based on the, the brand or whatever. But I'm like, you nah. have cabin selling for thousands of thousands of dollars. And then you have these the unique and different approaches in regards to like with child trafficking and all that. And then you have, you know, the certain people behind it who have affiliations with this, with these particular people who run and own the company, you know, it's just a bit ironic how all, all of a sudden these things are coming to a foot into are coming to light. And a lot, it's a lot of people are having a hard time, you know, grasping the fact that could this actually be true? Personally, I, I don't think it's, you know, it's, too hard because it's it's equivalent to to a brand like ikea and ikea and wayfair have similar price points so ikea's most things are going to be under between under a thousand dollars for the most part because it's affordable and it's stylish right and it's simplistic it's it's modern right but to have something tens of thousands of dollars when you have anything like that in your catalog it, it to me it just it just reeks yeah, well, personally, I, I got stock in Wayfair, so let's see it keep going up a little bit. <laughs> really? Mike is part of the problem. Mike is part of the problem, man. He's gonna be he's gonna join them. Listen, man, he, he's gonna join Epstein and them. No, I know that. Because he doesn't, he doesn't want the stock price to show. <laughs> but it's a good ETF, but can I tell you, man? I'm like, I'm like part of my portfolio and whatnot. Um and next, Mike, don't forget when you face away from your webcam. Cannon, I'm sorry. I was reading it, but we got Viacom who ended their relationship with Nick Cannon today, uh, apparently because of his, I guess, anti-Semitic statements on his own podcast, uh, which we have right here. And um, Viacom, who owns uh, the following MTV, VH1, BET, uh, Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon, all stuff that Nick Cannon is very, very heavily into, including his show, uh, Wildin' Out. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, John, when you first heard about it? So. I just thought it was interesting. Um, it, 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 I feel like it's a very tricky situation based upon because Nick Cannon has said things like this before. Um, and I feel like, uh, I don't know what the brother's name was. It Brother Polite? Or not, no, not Polite. Um, progressive, uh, Professor Griff, who he was interviewing, who is, you know, uh, 
a, a, a gentleman in our culture who's also been blackballed based upon his his thoughts and views. And I just thought it was interesting that they allowed him to be on that show based upon his, you know, his prior dealings with the masses. Um, but I just think it's very unique that Nick Cannon being a part of Viacon for so long and being a part of, you know, Nickelodeon and NBC and MTV and all these other companies that are owned by Viacom for so many years and Nick Cannon being one of the few young black uh, male figures in the industry to get a lot of these rare, unique opportunities that a lot of other people don't get. And I just think it's just another wake-up call because, you know, he also had issues with Dancing with the Stars when was – it, was it Dancing with the Stars? Or um, – No, it was um, America's Got Whatever. Talent. Yeah, but, you know, he left that show because of something similar based off of what they based off of. That was NBC, a whole other network. He had no networks to go to soon. Right. So I just think it's unique how Nick Cannon is. I don't know if he's purposely doing this to create his own agenda or if he's just becoming extremely woke or is if he or is he going crazy? What I don't know what it is, but even with you know what Josh is pointing out with Diddy, um, saying he can come to Revolt TV, um, I'm just curious to see what is going to happen in the new future for Nick in regards towards his career. But off of the many business moves Nick Cannon has made over the years and the ventures he's made, I know he's not broke. Um, so if he chooses to just walk away, I mean, he could do it, but I'm just, I just want to know what exactly does he plan on doing moving forward? I mean, and, with the platform, I think he, he, I don't know what, if he actually owns the whole while now thing, but if he can't take it to revolt, he can do it on, I just make it do it on YouTube, make money. Like people love wilding out at this point. It's a very, very big, um, you know, Big show, so I don't think he necessarily needs them. I mean, they, they might provide, you know, amenities to him as far as like the space to work in or things of that nature. Um, but it's also the rest of the cast, like DC Young Fly, B Simone, all the other people and stuff like that. So he may need them to pay them and stuff like that. So I'm not really right. sure. On that. So. But I do think that show can go to you know somewhere else and still be popular. And like you said, Nick's got ventures. Nick's got all types of stuff going on. I don't think this is going to be the end-all, be-all for Nick. And and it's, a, and it's a network. At the end of the day, Nick Nick can go act again and be in movies if he really wanted to. I was with you. So I feel like uh, he'll be fine. But it's interesting that they canceled it so quick. You know, I guess, like Josh said, the, um, the Jewish are very, very organized and quick with their swift and their you know, approach and stuff like that. Well, again, let's not forget who owns most of Hollywood as well. Right. Right. <laughs> to do it. Because, uh, yeah. I, 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 again, this hypothetically, imagine if all of Hollywood was owned by us and black people, and then some people were saying the N-word. I mean, it would be very quickly, it, it would be very easy to just remove them. Right. I agree. Um, and, uh, 
Moving forward, the next versus battle is set DMX versus Snoop Dogg next Wednesday. From Miguel's era, the old heads, the old hip-hop heads. I guess you can call it that. <laughs> I mean, Mr. Um, pictures of them too. They look yeah. like somebody's grandparents. <laughs> they should have showed the old picture of them. I don't know why they put that one on there. Or whatever. I think it's not a good battle. Honestly, really? Once again, yeah. Look, I, look I, at the marketing. They they knew what they were doing. I mean, the old dog thing, whatever. But I just feel like DMX is so hype. You know, he'll blow Snoop out the water, I feel like. He would. If you remember, DMX is one of the biggest artists in the world. Yes. That's what I'm saying. I agree with that. Sold millions and millions of records. Like, wait, and Snoop isn't? Huh? And Snoop isn't? Uh, I mean, but if you look at their, their runs, DMX sold more records than Snoop Dogg. But Snoop has been around longer than DMX. He yes, uh, I agree. He has and, been relevant as well, right? But if I mean the thing, if you look at it, if you look at it from this point, if it wasn't for the drugs, you have no idea what could have been. DMX could have been like Drake because of the the momentum he had, the units that he was selling, the concerts he was like he he was headlining. Everyone, Jay Z felt inferior to DMX because of the power he had at that time. And a lot of people forget that. If yeah, it wasn't those, for the those, drugs... Those Rough huh? Rider uh, shirts, everybody had one of those back in the day. Yeah. And if you remember... I had the like, Rough chain. The, the chain, um, the clothing, the movies, the the point, the movies that he, DMX was getting. Oh, yeah, he didn't want to do it. Uh, so, yeah. And he didn't want to be in these type of movies. He didn't want to do these type of roles. But just because of the star power he had, this guy was a superstar. And, you know, unfortunate with unfortunate circumstances, the drugs ruined it a lot. But if not he still... Accident. No, not by accident. You know, he was still on it. But, but <laughs> I just think if he was to just chill on the drugs and was able to maintain the lifestyles, he would be out the water. Like he would just literally be one of the biggest artists that we know in this, in this decade, in this century, in regards to what he provided to music, because a lot of people were following DMX. He was selling multi million, multi, multi millions, millions and millions of units. Every time you, every time he came out. One of which is our barber. So shout out to Jazzo. Jazzo loves DMX. Absolutely. Okay. Um, That's his favorite rapper after Jay Z. I'm about to say Hope is his man. So yeah. Um. Yeah, I I just think DMX. I think in that type of atmosphere, like his songs, they just they they just ring. They get you hype and live and stuff like that. Where Snoop's kind of got that laid back type flow. He's got a memorable song, but I don't think this is a fair. And and maybe the East Coast West Coast thing too. But I don't think it's kind of a fair type of battle. I don't know who could battle DMX, to be honest with you. I, I think Snoop might have been better. Uh, maybe Snoop versus like Dre or somebody like that even. I don't know. But I don't think this is a good battle for <laughs> What, Josh? <laughs> Yo, y'all about to put some, you better put some respect on Snoop's name and stop playing. Uh, <laughs> I don't agree. But you know what? 
I'm uh it'll be next week on Wednesday, so uh I may or may not tune in. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Moving forward, John, you see the you saw the power trailer for season two? Yeah. So let's play yeah. it for the folks. How did you know James would be alone? Someone else was there. Is it your son? A woman under siege. I have to do anything to help my mother. It's not true! Does that mean we have a deal? I need to know everything you know about Tyreek St. Patrick. Who's who's Mary's character again? I think she's gonna be the plug for Tariq. Because if he's gonna get in the game, he gotta have somebody to get the drugs from. So, yeah. so I think she's okay. kinda like, you know. So let me ask a question. As a as two people who love the show and have followed it through its entire trajectory, are you guys salivating after seeing this trailer? I think I, I'll let you go first, John. So um I'm not gonna lie. I'm curious on what exactly are they going to do, and it's nice to see Tyreek, uh, to see his little sister <laughs> a bit more. Um, but I'm also trying. I'm also trying to figure out what exactly they're going to do, especially with Tasha's character. Um, how they how they're trying to figure out like, did you really do this? Or was there someone else? Because based upon how Ghost died and the facts that they found, is it's like, okay, this doesn't really make sense on you doing this. This sounds like this was someone else. Like, who, who was it? So I feel like they're playing with you with that. And then I'm still trying to think, is Ghost really dead? Are they going to really put that out there? Or are they going to go on to the conspiracy that he actually might still be alive and he planned all this? I think they showed the funeral on purpose to put that to bed and stuff like that. Is it open um, casket? I don't know, but I'm thinking <laughs> that they're trying to put it to bed because people There's are still questioning that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm salivating more so than I was at the end of season six. Um, yeah, that was disappointing. Yeah, but I think now without nothing coming back and the whole pandemic and knowing I'm going to be at home more so anyway, it does make me salivate a little bit more to it. Um, I think it's intriguing that uh, they got the, the what's that, the, the lawyer chick, the black chick, Tamika or whatever. Yeah. As, oh, as the, um, well, she's a prosecutor, not a prosecutor. Now she was. Yeah, now she's a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's a lawyer now. Okay. Yeah, it's a regular lawyer. So I think I think that's pretty dope. Um uh, uh, John, um, and and I guess you know, um, to see Ty, to think about think about Tyreek and Tasha is that they've been playing these roles now for seven, eight years. You know, what I mean, when you go to pre production and everything like that. So, right. one thing good is when you have somebody who plays the same role that long, is that they really understand the, Josh, you know, this they really understand the role and they bring all the intricacies to the character because that's who they really are. They play this role for so long. So that's a good thing about it. Um, I will say for him though, 
he might wind up getting typecast later on because if he keeps going on this show after power, you know, everyone's like, well, that's Tariq. You know what I'm saying? So he got to really watch out for that or maybe try to do some, uh, do some other projects or something like that. But right. I am, um, yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm going to cancel HBO. I'll go back to stars. I, I kind of play the, the <laughs> you know, I kind of play the back and forth game. You know? <laughs> Or not. Also, I'm gonna check out that show P Valley that's on Stars too now. So I'm gonna get it back. So, okay. It's a show about a strip club. I'm not sure where, but I'm gonna check out that show too. P Valley then? Yeah, P Valley. Check it out. We get to, we'll check the trail out. We get a chance. I haven't seen it yet, but okay. trail is interesting. So, um, and that is the end of our pop culture section. Thank you for checking that out, guys. We are now moving forward to something Josh has been salivating about our dating section and we're going to hop right into the most talked about topic uh probably in america over the last weeks or definitely on social media which is jada august and will um and uh let's just start it up with the video uh josh of mr brian davis you got that well it's just the audio not the video i mean audio i'm sorry even we don't even say we're married anymore we, we, we refer to ourselves as life partners, right? Where you get into that space when you realize you are literally with somebody for the rest of your life. There's no deal breakers. There's nothing she could do ever. She has my support till death. See, all this time y'all thought Will was hurt when in fact that face is the look of support. <laughs> Why on earth would you tell somebody that there's no deal breakers? I don't feel bad for Will at all. If you tell somebody there's no deal breakers or you constantly say divorce is not an option, then somebody's going to try you. And apparently she tries this nigga a lot by his face. <laughs> you dudes don't get enough for having these guys come around pretending to be your wife's friend. Because whenever y'all break up, they going to be knee deep in a nigga. It's not, it's not rocket science. All right. They not your friend. They just cool with you until you fuck up, and then they fucking your girl. And August Alcina wasn't a little bit fucking Jada. He was all the way fucking Jada, and Jada was all the way fucking him back. I know this because of this birthday post that this nigga sent her. Look at this. Nigga, this is so heartfelt, the nigga started rhyming. Talking about you're the fortune in my cookie, the vet to my rookie. You hear me? This nigga is trying to be the blues in her left eye, trying to become the funk in her right. Oh, Darius Love Hall face ass. <laughs> and then she responded by calling him a young lion. <laughs> Why would she call him a young lion? That's so weird. Uh, he must have been hitting her with that. No! <laughs> How is it that a nigga who made a movie about how to pick up women loses his woman to a guy who came to them for help? (laughs) And then they go act like it was so long ago. Listen, Red Table Talk has only been out for two years and August was on it. (laughs) Couldn't have been that long ago. All right. And if you want to say it's that long ago, cool. But you were still fucking that nigga when he was on Red Table Talk. If not, then why the following March in 2019 would you say some shit like this? 
These last two days, I'm telling you, I've learned so much. It's only proved a point I've always made. You don't really know how much somebody loves you until you're on a battlefield together. Because here's the deal. Can someone only love you when things are going well? Can someone's love for you trump a difficult moment that might be going on between the two of you? Or is that when the real one stands up? And that's the one that decides they want to cut you off or be covert. Because that's when Will took you back. That's right. That's when you decided to stop going to the young lion, Simba, and sitting on his pride rock. And you went back to Will. That's what it is. And I know this has to be embarrassing for Will because he don't do shit like that. He doesn't have entanglements. This nigga does not take pictures lustfully looking at like co-stars or you know seen out and about taking pictures that are hard to explain he don't do shit like that but i'd like to apologize to august Alcina because before i got a lot of the other information i didn't get both sides and i painted him out to be a whole ass nigga so i apologize august because i shouldn't have jumped to conclusions like that i should have got all the information before i'd open my mouth all right, and now that I have more information, you a hoe ass nigga, man. You a hoe ass nigga. You had no business telling anybody. There's nothing that I've researched and come up with that says that you should have said anything. Should have kept that shit to yourself because that's something a grown man would do. All this hiding behind healing and I'm a better person now, nigga. You wasn't healing. You was getting that sexual healing. That's what entanglements are. And you couldn't handle it, nigga. She left you after you did all your rhyming, all your damn fortune in my cookie, vet to my rookie. If uh, I die today, I know I can die wholly knowing that I have loved. Nigga, what kind of pussy was she putting on you? As I look. So thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan, for all that. I mean, man, this thing has so many different layers to it, and it's been talked about ad nauseum, but we're going to talk about it, too, right now. So your first thoughts, Josh. Let's get you on it first, Josh. First well, thoughts. again, because he said there were no compromising photos, and yet I found one in less than three seconds. <laughs> this is true. Of Miss Margot Robbie, by the way. By the way, who was trending on the day that entanglement broke, which I guess is alluding to possibly having their own entanglement. And I feel bad for, you know, Margot, because I believe she's in a, another relationship as well. So that's kind of blowing up her spot. <laughs> True. By the way, Margot's bad, by the way. Just let you know. So wait, really? I had no idea. I mean, most people don't know. I'm just saying. So. <laughs> but anyway, what are your thoughts overall, Josh? Uh I mean, we kind of talked about it before in that it's not anything yeah. new because the Smiths, again, and this is back ever since I was in Miami. So this is what a decade ago. They were known to be in swinger circles back then. And then you had all those rumors about Mark Anthony back when he was with J-Lo, right? Also, uh, Jada had that scene with him on Hawthorne. There, were, there was uh, some, some extracurricular activities on set. Exactly. And Will was on set. 
And Shay shut it down. But in this situation, they're saying they were separated. So do we actually believe them? Well, I think if you look at it from this point, um, it, regardless of them being separated or not, Will clearly states she can do whatever she wants. And at the end of the day, it's not. it has not really been in the shadows where you know, the Smiths say they have an open relationship where they have this thing where they just, you know, they can do what they want as long as they don't tell each other, right? And I feel like a lot of people tend to forget that based off of the images that they give off of them, like, oh, they really love each other, they're the greatest couple, they're married, which they sell off to the masses, but people are forgetting, you know, Will... Will's a Scientologist. I think she's a Scientologist. Um, Will and Jada, they have a very unique way of looking at relationships. And if you look at their kids and how they raise their kids. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold that thought. We'll get the kids later. Wait for that. We're chasing back to that. But just going back, if you look at the relationship, how they speak about the relationship, if you look at how Jada went during at the time when August was on the red table talk or whatever, how she looked at him, how she felt around the energy around him in comparison to her talking about Will to this day, the energy is different. And if you just look at how Will is, you know, Will has definitely had experiences without Jada. I mean, it's just Will happens to choose the right people to not speak or expound upon his entanglements, I, w- I guess you would put it as. But at the end of the day, I, not many people should be really shocked of what's going on based upon the, the hints and clues that the Smiths have given to the masses on how they handle the relationship. Like, it's, it op- it's an open relationship. And at the end of the day, I feel like the only reason why they're even together is just because of the business behind their name. Because I don't really even think they even like each other that much. I was going to say, do you think, because she used to look at Will like that, right? So you think over years they just fell, fell out of love with each other, I guess? Yeah, and I think all the stuff that, I don't know who brought this arrangement together, but all the stuff that they, all the stuff, the rules, you can't do this, we, ha- we have to do that, the type of thinking, the, uh, the, the process that they have to implement, I think it, it's it's a lot to deal with. And over time, you don't want one person or the other may not want that particular lifestyle. But because of that, you know, you go through those ins and outs. And look, even what even what the stuff Will says, like, it's just like they make it sound so good for you to be receptive towards it. But the, at the end of the day, any normal person would not go want to go through what they do on a daily basis. I don't care what anyone says. You may emu- you may want to emulate them or say like they have the perfect this time and the third, but just these are just these examples that just so happen to come out, which which they weren't supposed to, are just perfect to explain yeah. like not everything that you see is what you is and not everything you see is you, that you should believe. In regards to what people See, put but, out but you say that, right? But since this has came out, it seems like every person 
it's like, yeah, everybody knows they're in, in some sort of entanglement. So it's like everybody talking about like bringing up their own entanglements now, all of a sudden, and whatnot. Like all these other people or girls or yeah. guys or married people and stuff like that. But people are also getting caught up in the wrong things because you know, see you see women identifying with with Jada saying, "Oh, she was just hurt," you know. She did this out of hurt. She did. She didn't do this intentionally. She just was hurt. She wasn't satisfied. But what about men being hurt? Or what about men not being satisfied? You I see, agree with that they, too. you have that argument as well, which a lot of people tend to not, you know, look upon because you know they look at men as being these fearless characters. They don't have emotions and all these other and other things like that, which a lot of people are identifying with on that point. But at the end of the day, um, it's it was not just that. All Jada did was just basically found a niche in how to explain and put out to the masses to show that, okay, I'm the victim here, and I didn't purposely do this out there. I just did this because I'm a victim. And a lot of women are that's identifying that's perfect. with Hold on, uh, Banks. Read that, Josh. That's perfect what you're saying right now. Right. This is going to be on uh, Poetic Charm tomorrow, but I, I thought it might cross over. So Jada is masterful at weaponizing the language of healing and emotional awareness to present the facade of introspection and reflection, all for the purpose of evading accountability. And we all know how Josh loves accountability. And a lot of people do this, whether they realize it or not. It is easy to fall into the trap of using buzzwords and how much of a buzzword is entanglement right now without actually dealing with things meaningfully. And that's when, you know, also, because you were talking about the men, Banks, also want to talk about August. I mean, of course, it's crazy that he says something, but they both admit that he came to them for help for mental, his mental issues and drug issues, I guess, stuff like that. So do you feel like she kind of took advantage of him, being that he was... Of course. A younger this guy girl. is mentally unstable. Right. He is, he's uh, abusing his body with drugs. He is He has health conditions. He doesn't really have a family system. This guy was completely vulnerable. And I just don't get how people are overlooking the fact of Jada taking advantage of the situation for her own doing and then leaving him saying, you know what, this guy's getting attached. I can't have this. I'm out. Like how heartless is that? A lot of people are, oh, and like this guy was like head over heels over her, willing to do any and everything for her. And Jada's like, oh, no, 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 this is too much. This is only supposed to be fun. So Jada in a sense was like the guy in the, in the, in the whole story, and August was the woman being over overly too emotional, and Jada cut him off like smooth, and a lot of women are not like realizing what she did. Like she really was like, oh no 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 no, I can't do this, I'm out. O U T here, and the crazy thing is, I just find that interesting how, especially when it comes to the emotional side how a lot of people are overlooking that fact of this guy really being in love and Jada not being so much. It was just more of a thrill. 
Yeah, I'll read this, which kind of what you're saying. They admitted August was mentally ill and needed help. She took advantage of someone in need. They took him in as one of their kids to help him, and she used him and left him. If this was a young lady and Will did that to her, y'all will be shrink y'all will be screaming, lock him up. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. Well, I got some um, that too, Miguel, but keep going. I think that uh he um I feel like and I, and I don't even I don't even think she presented it to August as it was only gonna be fun. I think she kind of presented it as she might be actually leaving her husband. And I think whenever Will came back or whatever, she cut him off, kind of like Banks said. And I feel like that like, it's kind of that bait and switch a little bit, right? I feel like she might have bait and switched August and whatnot. Cause he don't come off as just he was like some side piece. He come off as like he thought it was a real relationship. And she even called it a relationship at one point. So right. I feel like the um, you know, like what she did was wrong to someone who was like like first of all, he was she was he was twenty something years older and he was mentally ill. Like that would if if you wanted to try to feel better, feel good, why with him of all people? That's what I feel like is bad. Well, I mean, that makes more sense for her, but it doesn't make more sense to him. I'm I'm just confused from his perspective. But now I have the context that he's mentally ill. That's so I'm like, why would you feel this way about Jada not in her prime? Like, what's wrong with you, bro? <laughs> but now you got the context, right? So Absolutely. And we have this selective morality, right? Because because women will praise Jada for stepping out on her husband. But we all see the memes and whatnot about what happens to future with his girlfriends. So not not wives, girlfriends, as opposed to husbands. So context there. Uh, By the way, I have to uh, stand up here for Brother Will because he's been handling this like an absolute gentleman because he could have went so many different ways with this. How many people would have responded by doing crazy-ish, but I think Mr. Kirkland articulates it quite well. What's up, everybody? It's comedian TK Kirkland. T to the motherfucker K. Yo, y'all see that Will Smith and Jada Pinkett interview? Listen, let's give a mad love to Will Smith for keeping the player, for not going off and snapping the way most men would have gone because they wasn't in control of the emotions. Who raised that brother? We want to show him mad love and respect for always keeping the player. My love and respect goes out to that brother. Who raised you? All the way from T to the motherfucking K. Salute. DK. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree with that. I wouldn't even do the red table talk with her, honestly. I know. After the that was so stupid. Pendergrass. Right. Oh, they need PR people bad. Like seriously, that's ridiculous. But um, and like what 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 um what uh Ryan said earlier, like if this was four years ago, why you got him on your red table talk? We you know a couple years ago, if if it's over, I would have been mad about that too. So Will is like too understanding or something like that. I don't know what the hell's going on. Will he definitely not 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 Willie from Philly anymore. I don't know who the hell he is now, but the same guy. Oh no, nah, he's he's William from. It's Willard. It's a uh, Willard, by the way. Oh, uh, Willard, my, my, my mistake. Willard, yes, most definitely. Yeah, so I feel like that's crazy. Um, you know, and all that stuff. And Josh, you had a a, a meme about if, if you will, would you try to get her back? 
it was a porn star meme video. So. Yeah, I got you. Oh, Tiana Trump. Tiana Trump. And you this a porn star? She is. Yeah. I know who she was. Okay. Might gotta do some research later today. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we go crazy. <laughs> you know. Hold on, guys. My computer is it's fine. Hey, hey, would you try to get her back? Thanks. If that was uh if that cool. was you, or would you just leave the situation? If you were well, would you try to get her back right now? After embarrassing. I don't even think they're together. I think it's just uh it's just an all PR move. <laughs> Gotcha. I thought we don't care. What about you, Josh? You try to get it back. I mean, I have a feeling that he was the one who did it first. Okay. But he but wasn't I embarrassed do, like I do, this, though. I do expect another one incoming, personally. But he didn't embarrass her like this, though. That's what I would say. Right. And imagine if he did, what would be the female response to such an event? Oh, my God. If if his, if his he had a side piece, <laughs> we did an interview with freaking like Charlemagne or something and said that, like, you know, Will was my side piece. And then Will talked about it later on the next week. That'd be ridiculous. Like, the, the, he'll get on the backlash. It would have been like, see, see, this is why she did that. Right. All right. Well, let's talk about what you want to talk about earlier, Bank. Uh, the kids. Right. how they were affected by their parents' behavior. Right. Uh, here we go. The kids aren't ours. They are not. They're not ours. They are their own people. And I just completely let go of my needs and my desires for their lives. And I started shifting into what I call the gardener flower concept of fathering. Yeah. The seed already is what God designed it to be. Right. The gardener is not trying to make the seed become what the gardener wants. Right. The gardener wants to create an environment where the seed can become what it wants to be, be. where I'm going to provide nourishment and I'm going to provide support. But I am not going to preconceive what you need to be. There is a real arrogance in that. Real talk. And it's like letting go of my picture of what I wanted them to be. Yeah. And allowing them to lead. First of all, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Gardener flowering or stuff like that. Scientology. <laughs> all right, go that ahead, nonsense. Babe. What, what are your thoughts on how they were affected, bro? This is what I this is what I think about Will. Um and all they're doing is they're positioning whatever tactics or patterns that they believe that other people should follow. They're using um, language to help manipulate people's minds into thinking whatever nonsense that they're saying sound right. And if you look at Jaded and Willow, and I mean, if you want to look at it from a standpoint of like, oh, you shouldn't judge them based upon, you know, the clothing choices that they do with Jaden wearing um, a dress or them with their hair choice or how they act out or whatever. Um, it's just the freedom of expression. But I think it's a cry for help based on how these kids were raised. I mean, if you look at what Will 
<laughs> look at what Will and Jada is basically are stating. Like, oh, you know, we're not the ones to control them. They do. They're supposed to do what they want. They're supposed to follow their own vessels or whatever it, whatever the case may be. And I mean, at the end of the day, I don't care wh whatever way you put it out there. These are kids. These kids need to be raised, and they need to be raised right in order to make and dictate whatever decisions that they want to do for themselves once they become of age. But if you just let kids do whatever and you just give them this sort of, uh, this, just put this ter this port of terminology out there and then also add the fact of you adding entanglements in the, in the, uh, in the mix, especially at put throwing August back in the picture, August was a friend of Jaden. And apparently the rumor is when, um, you know, uh, Jada brought August around and, you know, Jaden is looking at this. He's just like, okay, I'm not cool with this. I, I don't want to see this. This is my boy. And you are all over my mom. And he felt uncomfortable. And that's, this is around the same time where he demanded to be, um, out of the home and basically fend for himself. So this is why they went to the courts and he said, like, you know, I'm going to move out. I'm going to live on my own and basically signed his rights off. And if you remember, there was like this big quarrel on how, you know, because I think he was what, 13 at the time. No, I think he was like 15 or 16. Yeah. He wasn't, he was, he wasn't 16. He was, de he was definitely younger than that. Um, if we can, if we can pull it up, but he was definitely younger than that. He was young. Um, and he wanted to move out and be his own man. But the reason for that was because August was around and he was a friend of August and his mother had him around him and he wasn't cool with that. And you got to think with that just being one example, what other things did they see that could obviously mess up a kid's head? And if you look at how they are and how they act, I mean, it is a bit abnormal and it is, you do see some sort of disconnect with them. They are a bit different or odd per se. And I honestly do think they have experienced and also seen a lot of things that most people don't see for obvious reasons. But when that happens, especially when you're younger, it will definitely dictate how you act and relay or push yourself out there to uh, the community when you become an adult. And you can see it every day with the things that they do, how confused they seem they are when it comes to the things they say. Uh, I mean, not even to be funny, I just think it's just, I really do feel bad for them because I honestly do think Will and Jada put whatever term or ideals in their heads and they're corrupted. They're corrupt. Well, uh, I will definitely say they are both different than their older brother, Trey is, stuff like that. And Trey, if you remember, Trey wanted nothing to do with them for a certain period of time. Yeah. He wanted to do his own thing because he was mad at his dad. Yeah, I, I do remember all that stuff or whatever. And it's interesting. You, you, you go all the way back to the show, All of Us, 
which was created after their marriage as this like great situation and stuff like that. So very, very interesting to see, um, you know, how far it has come, um, come along. Uh, Josh, what are your thoughts on, on the kids? And the parenting? Well, again, I would have to implore context here because at the end of the day, when you, when you're raised in Hollywood and not just any Hollywood family, someone who's considered Hollywood elite, like the Smiths are a list, right? Right. Especially, well, yeah. especially when it comes to our community and our culture, they're in the they're in the top one percent with Michelle and Barack, Jay Z and Beyonce, and it's Will and Jada. They've always been a part of that one percent. So their lifestyle and perspective on things are completely different. And to Banks's point, I do think it is nonsense to a degree. It's just. What they said was a little bit too soon because they said this before on Oprah show because I remember that it, it caught it, it caused a huge sensation saying that, oh, we just allow our kids to do whatever they want, blah, blah, blah. And I get that. But that should have been said once they were older than 18, not when they were, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. That's and to me, that's the difference. Yeah, I, I, to Banks's point, I think you have to actually be raised, not just say go try and do whatever. And I have really nothing to say. And, I, and it's crazy because, I, and, and to your point, Josh, that Hollywood lifestyle um, probably changed all these people. You know, um, you know, Will who from Philly, Jada who's from Baltimore. I'm sure their parents didn't raise them like that. So it's, you know, to to see that lifestyle change is. Um, it's just, it's just even Jada herself. You watch like like I think Banks said it last week. If you watch and hear Jada now compared to Jada from like, you know, the nineties and and stuff like that, it's like a whole different person. She it. Yeah, exactly. She was. She was like more down to earth. I, I guess I'll say. Like a Tupac. I don't know if Tupac is still alive or not. If he was to see this Jada, he'd be like, "Yo, who is this? Who is this chick?" Yeah, we need like the old Jada, like we need the old Kanye. We need the old, old people back. <laughs> yeah, Jada coming um, like the new Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess I mean the last question was was can they move forward? But I guess they are gonna move like they always did. I guess so it's not really a forward thing. Of course they can move forward because they don't love each other. <laughs> How about in the public though? How do you think they're gonna be perceived moving forward? But yeah, I think they're not really together in the public. They do their own thing only for like certain events where they have to be together. They do their own, even the show. It just looks awkward. Look at Will. Look at Jada. Like Jada, there's no emotion, no feeling when they're talking. It just seems like this is a business meeting. Jada's legs are crossed. She's just like sitting there and Will is just like, all right, I'm here, whatever. After this, I'm about to go do my own thing anyway. Like yeah. it just, there's no connection. And if you yeah. want to go back, going back to August when August was on the show, if you look at the laughter, the 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 um the charisma, the 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 love, the love language, like you see all that, you could see there was something there. Like there was some sort of excitement there. And then when you see Will and Jada talk about their entanglement, it just seems like this is this it just seems like it this was just some sort of business proceeding that they follow and that they abide by. And you know, they don't want to make each other look bad. So this is why they're here for that 40, 40 hour, two hour, whatever how long that show was. 
however how long it took to shoot it, I would say. It just looked like some sort of business meeting. It was just very weird. Okay. Um, let's put those two to bed and move on to ourselves. Let's talk about red versus green flags. Because Josh loves red flags so much, I figured this week we'll switch it up and talk about green flags. And my first question was, what would you consider green flags in a relationship? Yeah, I saw, I saw that and was confused because I don't see green flags. There's only red flags. Okay. I mean, that's, that's a good answer, actually. I like that answer. So you don't see good things or positive things? You only see the bad stuff you're saying? Well, no, the red flags are the things that stick out like, wait, that's that's a bit odd. Perhaps I should pay more attention to this and not ignore it and just focus on things like coitus. That, like, literally, <laughs> especially from a guy's perspective, that's literally the point of the red flags. Because I, I, I love to quote Chris Rock here. Because for me, when I think about a green flag, I think about his line, what do you want, a cookie? Do you want a, a cookie for being a good person? Or is that who you are? Okay, I'll come back. Uh, do, do you do you see green flags at all, Banks? Um, I, I'll say this: uh, it's not something that I, you know, purposely look for. Um, you know, I definitely look at things that will cause me to second guess my decision. But when I guess to go on with your question with the, the green flags there is some women that i experienced where they may have done something to cause the green flag to come up where i'm like okay this is different i need to take more i need to put more attention into you because you're giving me something that not many people are willing to give or just not more or not or not as mature enough to present to me on a day-to-day -day basis not like on some like oh I'm just trying to impress you. No, this is just how they are. And I think um, those quote unquote green flags are in a sense very rare because a lot of people tend to not do that. They just tend to give off a lot of red flags, which is uh, something that's definitely prevalent. But when somebody does give you that quote unquote green flag, it is a bit alarming, but it also intrigues you to a point to where like, okay, this is something that I got to, you know, get to know or figure out to see if this is like something completely genuine or not. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think I, I, I get what you're saying, Josh. And I think if someone's doing the status quo, I guess I wouldn't consider that a green flag. It just be like what you're supposed to do. Right. Like you said, what you want a cookie? Like it's regular and stuff like that. But I think if there's like a standout moment, like Banks said that, someone did something unusual or, or like most girls I haven't seen do, it would like give me, I guess, the green flag alert, I guess, so to speak, where it's like, wow, this is a little different. I need to kind of pay attention to this more. Oh, I that's guess. that's interesting. And I, I like how Banks articulated that. And that's that's a fair perspective. I guess for me, I put that in the category of uh, uniqueness, right? So that's going to be it is specific to each individual. So that's going to be your competitive advantage, right? So that makes each person different. So not necessarily being a green flag, but that's what separates you from everyone else. And that could also be a red flag as well. 
but I'm, <laughs> I'm just putting that in, in its own space. So taking it for what it is. So I, I take people for who they are and who they illustrate themselves to be. So I think this might be, you know, for, for you, this other question I said, are we conditioned to look for red flags more than green? And I think you might be. You know? And I would say absolutely not, because I would say guys, guys aren't conditioned to look at red flags at all. Okay. <laughs> if you really, if you really think about it, it's not until later years that you're like, oh, that was actually a red flag. I should probably put a pin in that and pay attention to that in the future. Because we're not thinking that point. way. We're not thinking that way at all. If we're being completely transparent. No, I think you have a good point. I think we're not conditioned to look for them. Oh, I agree. What about you, Banks? What, what do you what do you what do you uh, what do you think? That's that's a factual statement. I agree. Um, when it comes to looking out for things that you should necessarily avoid, it just seems like that's a thing that a lot of people tend to do the opposite and go for those red flags, and then they don't initially find out that this is a red flag until later, but that can go for men and women as well. You know, if you look at how people make the decisions when it comes to relationships or getting married or even entanglements, you know, uh, <laughs> I think it's definitely a thing where people you sound say, like you've been, you've been in a entanglement before, Banks. You've been in an entanglement before. I don't think to the, the, I don't think anything like how Jada Jada has been, but of course, everyone has been in some sort of entanglement. That's a, that's a given. <laughs> that's definitely a given. Come on. Oh, who am I talking to? Finesse King. I forgot all about that. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I saw this last week on Poetic Charm. I wasn't on the show, though, so to comment, I agree with that, Josh. <laughs> they do look like some slides in your Yo, kinda... we get like Eesh. That's crazy. <laughs> I like how Mike threw that out there. Like, like, yeah, right. You know, on the show. Okay. <laughs> right, you are related to August? <laughs> Eesh. Not at all. Oh, oh man, that was that was the August comment. So you're not gonna put me back on the show. <laughs> I'm just me and Josh talked about this already. You know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> but I do agree, and I, I'm sure Banks does too. Uh, well, maybe not. I, I don't. I mean, I mean, not anymore as you get older for me. But when I was younger, yeah, I would forget all logic of why I didn't like the girl. If I'm like, Yo, I, just, I just need to get some. I agree with that 100. percent it shouldn't, but it definitely, you know, especially if the girl's willing and able, you know, I've had some like that, man. If I don't, I don't really want to talk to her. So I can just get, get in and get out real quick. One week. I mean, stuff like that. So anyway, moving forward, we got another meme here. Um, and I want to get the guys perspective on this. And it's about men finding their wife before 35. And I'll read it. It says some men meet their wife before age 35, mess it up, and spend the rest of their life searching for the same woman and other females. Now, even if you don't live like this yourself, do you think this happens to guys a lot? Um, Josh, let's start with you. Only if they have a scarcity mindset, absolutely. And as we know, society does raise men and women to have a scarcity mindset about things. When 
if you have an abundance mentality, this really wouldn't apply to you at all, especially when you see how big the world is. Okay. What about you, John? Do you see this at all? Yeah, I do see it. Um, but I also think those people who see it, who abide by that need therapy. Um, <laughs> and I'm not, you know, not trying to be mean, but if you look at it, or if you take points from what Josh pointed out there, um, I, I myself, I honestly do believe that there is some people that you do meet before that age that you may not be ready for, but you may have certain regrets based upon the timing. Like, well, this person was really great. They did this for me. And although I was only willing to let go of these particular things, um, I'd probably be happy right now. But if you look on the twist of it or the however effect where there's plenty of people who make who make that decision before 35 and then 35 years later they're like okay I lost this business I lost this company I lost this opportunity I lost the ability to travel I lost the ability to leave this state and I'm not as happy as what I thought I was going to be this person doesn't look like what they looked like when I initially met them or they let themselves go or they lost their teeth or whatever the case the visual that caused them to be towards that or that personality or that temporary personality that they thought that that uh, particular person was giving off. Um, you see that a lot, a lot. And a lot of times that people who do that, who choose to, you know, settle for that, that thing that they thought was everything. And then as years go on, it turned out it was not what they, it's not what they thought. So there's, I feel like there's a thin line between that particular mindset. Like, you know, you meet somebody and you feel like they're really, really great, but sometimes your emotions might get to the best of you where you're not really thinking clearly and you're just thinking more with um, your heart in a sense as opposed to your mind. And you're not really making the best decisions for yourself. And as time goes on, you realize, okay, well, I made a mistake and now I'm stuck in this situation where if I just did this a little differently, maybe I would have been even happier. Maybe I would have made it even a greater person. So I think um, there's two ways of looking at it. What yeah. about you, host? So I think this is, um, I think two things can be true. Um, one of those situations. So I feel like that there's two key terms in this in this meme. One is mess it up. So I feel like that aspect of it, of messing it up, I feel like people always want to atone for their mistakes. So if they really are, let's say, at fault for the breakup in any way, um, if the person was a good woman, let's say you were like blatantly had her in several entanglements, right? <laughs> or you know, um, you know, you, you did whatever you, you, you did wrong. I feel like even if she wasn't the greatest person, but she was like, good. If you messed it up mentally, you could feel like it'll mess with your head. Almost like, hey, I messed a great thing up. I got to get that back, even though she might have only been OK or not the perfect one for you. But because you messed it up, it, it's like a guilt trip playing on you, I feel like. But the other part, though, is searching. I don't feel like people actually search for the same woman. I don't think guys actually do that. I feel like they may um, meet other women, as to Josh's point, with an abundance of women out here. And I feel like that sometimes when they meet other women, 
the other woman might be lacking a certain quality that was in that woman before you were 35. And for some guys, um, that that quality can stand out to them. So it's not necessarily they, they're searching for the same woman or they're searching at all. It's just that certain characteristics or qualities that woman had, you want to find that in another woman. So you may not have green that. flags, huh? <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> I guess you would say that. So it's like, you know, this girl, I, I'll say something. This girl used to um, cook for me all the time. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Ho, ho, ho. This is this one is for Tony Stark Jr., who was proved incorrect once again as King Contradict. This yes. is story time with Miguel. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, I mean. A girl. Oh, 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 oh God! Story time with a girl. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> let's hear it, Mike. Let's hear it. young Casanova in the building. I had a woman who I was with for a couple of years uh, in my mid twenties. I will say, okay. and the green flags came because she was different than anything I ever dated before. Okay. Uh, she was um, uh, a CPA. She was a uh, um, you know, very smart, grew up in a great household, college graduate, the whole nine, whatever. And we did different things. Anyway, mm -hmm. some of the things that we did over time, I really, really, really fell for this girl and whatnot. And our breakup, which came a couple of years later, was my fault. So I'm a living testament to this meme almost a little bit. <laughs> However, um, because it was my fault, like I said, and at first comes the guilt trip part. So it took me time to get over it because of the guilt trip. But then uh, just some of the qualities that she had, which were already different, if you remember, than other girls I dated, it's almost like Banks, I couldn't go back to the type of girls I had before because I had her, right? Okay. So it wasn't that I was searching for the same woman, is that I'm kind of like I increased my standards on what I was looking for in a woman because of what she was and okay. whatnot. So when the other girls I dated after her who didn't possess the same qualities as her, you know, okay. for a while, it started to come out, you know, like that. I really, you know, messed it up with her. I miss her. I wasn't gonna mess that up because it was hard for me to find someone who had similar, similar qualities. So I definitely get this meme. Now, eventually, you know, I got past all of that. And that took some time, but, and just say, you know, I'm looking for, I, I have to find, you know, just someone who fits me now, you know, cause I, I changed too over time, obviously, but in the beginning it was like looking for those similar qualities, but more so not going back to previous women who had lesser qualities, I will say. And that's how I think like, like, like if you, if you, if you, if you upgrade your standards of dating and Josh probably agree with this too, the next woman can't be backwards to, you know, a lower standard than what you've already upgraded to at that point. It's not going to you know, kind of work for you. So, I'll agree um, on that. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. So that's, so that's why I say it's not really searching for the same woman. I think that's like a little, I don't know. Like you said, they need therapy. It's searching for the same woman. But I think there's just certain characteristics. You're like, man, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and, and when you hear someone who's not doing those things, it's like, ah, man, but I already had, it's anything else, it's anything in life, right? Like, if you already had, um, you know, 
whatever type of food, steak, filet mignon, lobster, and whatnot. And it's really, really good. You can't be going to McDonald's the next day like it. Is, you know what I mean? It just don't work. So, That's facts, though. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just different. They both of the meals gonna fill you up, but it's, they're different meals. You know what I'm saying? As Daisy said, once you have filet mignon, you can't go back to hamburger helpers. It's not gonna happen. It's just not gonna happen, and I think that's really what it was, you know, for me. So that's well, it. I think it's party life. <laughs> Moving forward, man. Brought that back. Story time for Miguel for y'all. And uh, last meme we got, and this was courtesy of our man Fresh Banks. Getting played by someone you lowered your standards for. <laughs> Worst painting. <laughs> ah. You brought it up, Banks. I'll let you go first. What do you think about that, me? Uh, I think it's. I think it's very interesting, and I think it definitely falls into what's going on right now. Um. But I think that the the funny thing with that statement is, you know, you lowering your standards for somebody that you thought that was really there for you or was really holding you down. And then the minute you like get to a point to where like, okay, wow, I, I did this and it's working out. And then it falls, it falls into shambles because this person was just playing you the whole time. And now you feel dumb because you just brought yourself to uh, a lower point to appease or make someone else happy, but instead you made yourself unhappy. And I think um, that is something that uh, that can happen a lot with men and women, especially with women, you know, especially how uh, some women can definitely put, you know, their particular standards up where I sent Josh some examples last week. <laughs> where they have um, very unique approaches to, uh, you know, their standards of dating. And if you look at their age um, and the request that they're making, you know, it's just very unique in how all a certain amount of time could go on. And let's say, whatever it is that you're requesting is not working. And then you just don't make any, uh, you know, minute changes to help, I don't know, create some sort of flow or change. And, but going on to the, going, going back to the meme, it's like, if you do that, and then you end up finding yourself getting played because you lowered your standards. But at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, that's a, it's a, it's a lesson in life. Um, I think you can always rebuild from it. I don't think it's, there's nothing really wrong with, you know, adjusting some of your standards, depending on how high your standards are. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just, just a matter of preference. You know, it's some people who do, some people do that, they adjust and they make things work. And then there's other people who don't adjust and things never work. So, um, but it's just, it is, it does suck when you uh, lower yourself and then finding yourself playing yourself at the same damn time. <laughs> um, uh, I, I think it was, I don't know if it's the worst pain. I think it's like a, one of those, um, 
pains that like it's annoying i think more than anything and i think it might you know be a short pain because of you what you did to uh lower your standards for it. but i think it's a, i think that that's the type of pain you can learn from and the biggest learning lesson is don't lower your standards you know what i'm saying like you know for anyone so i think that might this might not be all negative you know especially if it's like a younger person it just happened to them i think it'll teach them what not to do later in life um and stuff like that now initially like i said it'll piss you off but i think you can definitely learn from it right josh Oh, yeah. Spot on. I mean, for me, I, it's definitely not the worst pain because you kind of got what you deserved. You lowered your standards. So in in relationships and entanglements and situationships, <laughs> there's always going to be polarity in the relationship. So whoever, let's say, cares the most. So if you're lowering your standards for someone, that's going to be felt by the other person like, oh, I got I really got this person. And how often does that happen when you have someone who probably has more value in the relationship, but they're bending over backwards for the other person who clearly doesn't deserve any of that. So then that deflates their ego as well. So to me, if you if you do something like that, I mean, you, you kind of get what's coming to you. You, you. And like you said, Miguel, like you said, John, don't lower your standards. Yeah, that's the moral story, right? <laughs> don't, don't lower your standards. And if you do... Um, getting played could be one of many things that can happen to you if you lower your standards. And, so. and be thankful that you got played. Because imagine if it really stuck it out with someone like that. Oh, man. Yeah, like I said, for someone at a certain age group, it could be a, a nice learning lesson to not lower your standards or or, or, or settle or whatever you want to call it. You know, um, I think going back to what you said earlier, Josh, it's um, it's a, it's uh, plenty of fish. It's a abundance of people out here, so the, who can meet your standards as well. So you don't have to actually lower your standards. So, so. Absolutely, and at the end of the day, you get to go back to the streets. Uh, <laughs> where 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 Jada's at right now, right? <laughs> let me let me get a tingle with Jada. She got nothing to worry with me. I won't say nothing. <laughs> Just make sure you buy me a car in a crib too. Exactly. You she would have to pay me. Like I would need to be compensated to be with her. That's outrageous. Unless I mean she had to know it was coming though, because bro was almost crying like crying. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Well, I feel like she she didn't play it well. They knew he was mentally ill, so that's that's her choice. Yeah, right. Like again, so 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 her accountability. Don't get in an entanglement with a mentally ill person if you want to keep a secret. That's not very smart. And the crazy thing is, going with just like mental illness and like social anxieties and PTSD and all that, if, if you look at it from like a realistic standpoint, she is the bad guy because she should have never done anything with August. Like, August is like yeah. yeah, like August is like. And it was a point. If I, I don't know if he, he's like he's supposed to be dying with his with the diseases that he has, yeah. and with the everything that came up, even with his family, he has no family. He doesn't like. There's a lot of things going on with August, with his vision, his health, his family. His he sounds like a mom. He, he sounds like a mom figure. I think uh, in the beginning, I feel like a what. As like a mom figure in the beginning, I think he saw her as that before they started. Yeah, he doesn't have that. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like you look at that, 
And I just, I'm just, it's just funny. If this, if Will did something like this to a young lady who was looking for a father figure and just dicked her down and, <laughs> and took advantage and like literally did this and then she went on the sh- and then she like cried out and said like, oh, he did this and I really, you know, I really needed him and I thought he was going to always be there for me. And he was like a father figure. My dad left me when I was at such and such and all that. Imagine the backlash as opposed to the praise that would happen. So like that's the morality, just, yeah. double standards is what we exactly. live Exactly. So it's just like, it's just sad to see that. And even you look at R. Kelly now, even regardless of not, if you not talk about his past, but his current situation with the girlfriends that are of age, even though they are like, Young, way younger than him, but they are of age, and how people are mad over that. I'm about to, you mean those adult girls that he lived with? Like, <laughs> yeah, adults that yeah. make their own decision. They said they're saying, yeah. and you look at Jada, who is like twice the age of August, and this guy is completely mentally ill, and sick, and has a ton of issues. And no one seems to remember that. And they're like canceling August and praising. Well, in general, right? Um, women who are older like that are, 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 are said they're cougars when a guy is said to be a sugar daddy or pedophile when he's older like that or right. you know something like that. Um, so it's just a double standards there when it comes to that. Women get, yo, it's the praise, women get praised for stuff like that or for you know dating outside their race and we get backlash for those things men do right. so i definitely agree with that 100 definitely yeah but i want to wrap that up uh you know i want to thank you guys uh my, my partners here for uh, another great show i want to thank you people for um for watching and listening and um you know like comment and subscribe of course and we'll be back to another show next week